Hello, I'm commentating on the football match, and today we've got Mr. Brill and Master Brill. Um, we just had sausages. And Theo had a salty yeah. one. Did you have a, a, a what? A what? A salty sausage. You should wash it, lad. Mine had veins in. Anyway, shall we commence? Okay. Uh, are we all <laughs> ready for intro? I'm quite excited. Okay. Hello, Internet. I'm Firebolt. Oh, I didn't interrupt you. Fuck. Bastard. Uh, you still ruined it, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Soapy piss flaps. After this bit is done, it's all downhill. I, I just need this professional opening to make it look like the start of the video. Everything's fine. Although you put all the unprofessional stuff beforehand anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hello, Internet. I'm Firebolt. And I'm the Orbiter. And we have a very special guest. I am the Podfather. Yes. Special. Our overlord. Owner. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> before Sponsor. We, before we commence, owner. I, have, uh, I have a couple of things that I need to get off my chest before I forget. Uh, last episode, I, I was thanking Phil for his um, reference to us on Simon Says Podcast. And I said that I couldn't remember what his podcast was, podcast was called. And it's Ghosts, Aliens and Beyond, okay. which I've tried listening to, but I can't, I can't, I can't listen to people talking about ghosts and stuff because it does my head in. They're trying Put to convince me. up, yeah? No, no, it's not that. It's just, it's just I, I don't do any of that supernatural I, stuff. You, did you hear my episode? Yeah, yeah. I've heard about your... Um, you, I have it. I have seen a ghost. Yeah, doing a fry up in your office or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really happened now. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, there was something else, but I've forgotten what it was. So uh, that will come back to me, I'm sure. Drinks. You you yes. bought us drinks. Oh, my pleasure, boys. Craig has bribed us. Well, to let him come I on. I think it was our podcast for my birthday. Well, Maybe. there was they they did arrive on your birthday, but we were all in bed. All right. Um, were they for my birthday or were they just for this podcast? We were hungover, actually. That was the uh, night you threw up on the gin. It it was just for the... Uh, oh, dear. Your sound has disappeared. We've lost you. <laughs> Is that on our end? Oh, no, it's my end. I okay. pushed the mute button. <sighs> so, where were we? With me thigh. <laughs> Yes, you were hungover um, and lying in a pool of gin puke. Okay, I only threw it when I got to bed. That's not a good place to throw up. No, it's probably the worst place to throw up. That's where Jim, Jimi Hendrix threw up. Yeah. Okay. And choked on his own vomit. Well, it was fine because I threw up in a sick bottle. What wasn't fine was that in the middle of my sleep, I tipped that sick bottle on myself. <laughs> woke up and was just like and then fell back to sleep oh I wish I could be like that again do you know I, I hadn't heard that part of the story but it's great to hear it in front of the whole world I oh, told this me... um, to Nienna the day after because we were talking about drinking he's got fed up he's fucking off already anyway um, <laughs> but before we before we talk about I, I didn't want to 
get anyone else with the grisly details. Before we before we talk about about other drunken antics, we should introduce the world to Moosehead Lager. We thought we'd we haven't had any of this yet. Oh, um, that's a bit sexy. Canadian, it is. Oh, um, so we're going to open it and try it, and hopefully it doesn't taste like pish. <laughs> Straight from the moose's teat. Have you had this before? I haven't had this before. Have you had Budweiser Zero? I have not, but I see... Is that the new design can? The the new white version? The new racist version of Bud non-alcohol. I don't get the point of non-alcoholic beer. Um, so you don't puke in your bed? No, it's just sort of... I don't actually enjoy... Beard, like, is taste that one of them thing. them glasses that you put in the uh, f- 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 freezer, fridge, or something? It's a it's a plastic poolside glass from the Hard Rock Hotel. Classy, and it's got the bubbles frozen into the plastic. Oh dear! See, I enjoy beer because I associate it with alcohol. I enjoy the taste of beer because I associate it with alcohol. So I don't get the point of non-alcoholic beer; just have a nice tasting drink. That's too easy to drink. When you've drank as much alcohol as I have, um, in the just in in general, it gets a bit tired. I find you're just discovering your way with alcohol, and long may it continue. But <clears throat> I don't, I don't need alcohol anymore to be a tit. <laughs> I have fruit juice, lemonade. He wants beer. Let him have his beer. The- the taste of beer. It's an. This is this is the first non-alcoholic beer I've drank without a chemical aftertaste. Okay. So. This is this is this is jolly nice actually. You like it? I'm not sure whether or not they're all going to disappear tonight because he hasn't been to sleep for about thirty six hours. No. Why you do? 30. Why? What's happening I, up there? I woke up at. Five in the evening yesterday, and I couldn't get to sleep. (laughs) So I just, it got to like half past seven, eight, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get up and actually do shit. And then I forgot we were doing this today, and that I'd be drinking. How can you forget this? How could you? Because I hadn't slept. See, there's me planning one of our normal evenings where we have a couple of beers while we podcast it, and then we watch a still game, and then we watch a two points of lager and a packet of crisps, and then we watch a Queen gig, and then we pass out. I'll probably be fine for the Queen gig, but you might lose me in the comedy bit. Honestly. Anyway, <clears throat> what, uh, should we do some news? Um, if you've got... Uh, do you have something to start us off with, or... Oh, do you want to uh, big up anything before we start? And you can pick, no. pick stuff up again. You got, I just like big and used to up. You've got a long a long evening ahead of you, haven't you? I might have, or I might not. That I Universal don't... Podcast, is that is that what it's been rebranded as? Is that what it's being it, called? It is, yeah. Um, I don't know if we've got anything to talk about, really, at the moment. So I've got a we... fair amount to talk about. Oh, yeah, I like listening to, to you, but... The universal stuff I can't be asked with. Oh to be right, honest. okay. It's fuck all going on. Um, Just a gang of fucking bell ends all breathing on each other. 
I see some interesting... Uh, that segues nicely into the news. I, I saw an interesting picture on the BBC News website feed from Getty Images of people queuing outside night some nike store somewhere but there was like fucking no social distancing whatsoever going on they were wearing masks but they were like yeah on top of each other pretty much it's exhausting me now <laughs> it's 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 literally exhausting me how stupid people are well, if talking, we just they're talking about people getting re-entry anxiety as if the anxiety of going back to normal isn't mm. reasonable because the virus is still very much spreading. Oh, ah, yeah, it's going nowhere. This is a real thing. Yeah. So the anxiety is completely justified. The re-entry itself isn't. I reckon we just. I reckon we are going to end up with a massive second wave because I reckon there's going to be enough people that are just going to kind of have got used to the fact that there's a virus around and, and are willing to tolerate the fact that shed loads of people are going to die just so they can carry on with their capitalist bullshit. Especially with it being summer too, loads of people are going to want to go outside. Pardon me. I, I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. Also, apparently I, our government has the worst approval rating on dealing with this bio, the second worst approval rating in the world. On doesn't mean with- anything. Doesn't mean anything. It's irrelevant. Another five years of this, four years of this government, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, it's a long time to... Yeah. When you think how, how much is going to be happening just over the next year... It's like, like, it's, um, we could be in a well, we will be in a completely different we're already in a completely different environment, aren't we, politically at the moment. I mean I know there's yeah. kind of kind of a justification for it, but the emergency powers that are in place at the moment, I hope I hope we do see the back of those when it's appropriate to. But yeah. you can see them trying to wheedle out of it and keep things um, under the thumb. <clears throat> Did you see another another black guy got shot in uh, America today? 27 year old I haven't read the details of that did you did you see what it was about or I don't know if it was today or if it was over the weekend but basically the head of the police for the area where where it happened has resigned because <laughs> it's because it's happened because it was on air watch basically right but he's done something and he's resisted arrest and he's made a run for it and I don't think it was anything major that he's done, so he's not robbing a bank or anything. Yeah, yeah. see, that's but, the thing. They, like, overreact to really minor charges. Uh, like, a few years ago, there was one for selling loose cigarettes, and they choked him to death for that because he yeah. was fairly reasonably saying, okay, why do you need this many police officers here? There was, like, nine of them. Actually, I did think about that. I know we did a lot of talking about this on the the news section last time and we're starting up with it this time but I know um, a couple of the network shows have actually started off their podcasts with um, a strong message to say that they're very uh, much in support of the whole Black Lives Matter um, thing and basically to say that if if you're if you don't support this whole Black Lives Matter malarkey then just stop listening because we we don't want your the the thing that puzzles me is people 
don't seem to be getting. They think it's just about Black Lives Matter, so they come back with, but all lives matter. Mm. And it's, it's, like, it's all lives don't matter until black lives do matter, though. Exactly. And that's the point. And they're just not joining the dots up for hundreds of years. Well, this is one of the I things. I think it's pretty <clears throat> deliberate, though, that they're not joining the dots up. It, it, I think it's become particularly. Obviously, there've been these couple. There's been the George Floyd thing, um, and but at, at the moment, because of the virus, everything's been kind of thrown into stark relief, um, and I think it's highlighted the massive inequalities across society. But the problem is that it's way, that obviously the the the, the have nots are, are much more weighted towards the the sort of racial minorities ethnic minorities certainly here and in America. Yeah. Um so it's obviously exacerbating racism issues um because you of that. Your pants. 94% of doctors <laughs> for 94% of doctors who have died from contracting coronavirus were black black or asian. Yeah. Now that that either means that the majority of doctors are black or asian. Or there's something. I mean, even you'd think, even if there is a problem with race, it'd be a fucking surprise if somebody who's actually a doctor in the NHS didn't have. I mean, it shouldn't be, but you'd have thought they would have preferential kind of treatment just because they they're doctors in the NHS. But I mean, yeah, but they don't seem to have enough equipment to go round the NHS itself, mm. let alone other people. The the thing with um, the minorities, the ethnic minorities dying more of coronavirus is th- it, because it's so new, it's only five, six months old, this virus. They don't know yet if it's still... Uh, if it's something genetic, mm. or or if it's um, <clears throat> social, so you're in a slums, you're in areas of poverty uh, where it's more densely populated. Um, well, there's going to be so many matters that feed into it because I mean, obesity is more prevalent in people who are in sort of more poverty-stricken sort of life. Yeah, well, circumstances. Junk food's pretty cheap, so. It stands to reason that if there are more black people that are in poverty, that there's going to be more obesity among black people, and therefore they're going to be more susceptible to coronavirus. Yeah, or at least the severe, generally symptoms. more impoverished circumstances. Being. And then we don't know the demographics for the NHS, but are the uh, ethnic minority doctors going to the poorer areas through? Um, Basic. What's it called when it's when it's racism within the workplace, but it's it's um, unconscious. What's it, what's that called? Yeah, we're, uh, so if there's two doctors go for the same job and one's white and one's black, subconsciously the white person will get it. Yeah. And if there's if there's a man and a woman going for the same job, the man will get it. Do you know what I mean? What's that called? Uh, unconscious bias, I guess. Yeah, so maybe all all the black doctors are not in the the more well. I don't know. I don't know anything about the NHS really, but 
they're just like you're saying there, a massive amount, a high, very high percentage of uh, black doctors are dying. A lot of people of colour mention as patients that they get their concerns get treated very differently, where their pains rated as much lower and it's not taken as seriously, particularly black women. We have on the railway we have um it's like the we call it the Swiss cheese effect, the Swiss cheese analogy. So you can be you can be driving a train and you cannot be one hundred percent switched on. Right. And it and it can be raining and maybe you're on a piece of diversionary railway that you'd only go over once every two years and maybe it's dark so all these pieces of swiss cheese all the holes for you to have a a catastrophic event i.e pass a red signal at danger and potentially cause a train crash if all them swiss cheese holes marry up you'll go straight through them all yeah and and have at the end of it you'll go past the red signal or you'll you'll Pass a station that you should have stopped at, or or any number of things. A bit like but, a sort of Chernobyl situation where all the yeah, safety it, things have to break exactly, down at the same time. Exactly, and this might be the same with the coronavirus. You know, there's if you're black, if you're in a, in a poor, densely populated area, if you're obese, if you're diabetic, A, B, C, D, all these things are, are adding up to. A lot of people dying needlessly, but it's this the Swiss cheese. Mm. I, I listened to the Daily today. Do you listen to the Daily podcast from the uh, New York Times? No. Oh, mate, the, one of the best podcasts out there. Um, I have, I, I have my work cut out trying to get through all the network podcasts. To be honest, <laughs> I'm the same. Um, but uh, it's on the rise in America. It's yeah. this coronavirus. All the states that lock down early, right? Their growth is a lot slower than the states who discounted it. But what they're going to do this time? Because everybody sort of, well, most countries, although they did it too slowly, they hit the panic button the first time round. Um, okay, they didn't do it quick enough, but everything locked down completely. What's the response going to be the second time round? I can't see them. I I can't honestly believe that they're going to shut things down to the extent they did the first time. I get, And I think that's because, as I say, I think a lot of people would be more concerned about the economic disaster that's going to happen as a result. Yeah, well, that's happening now regardless. Mm. If, if we had a short, sharp shock of two weeks total lockdown where you are not allowed out and everything shuts, then it's gone. Mm-hmm. But while we're doing this half-baked, drip, drip, drip bullshit, we're just continuing to spread. It, what, what he's doing is herd immunity. He's trying to get the herd immunity doing, going. Yeah, unfortunately yeah, that means hundreds of thousands of people end up dead. Well, yeah. But the pension bill's not going to be nearly as big as it was. Well, that's a bit grim. And and probably if if there's more people that have been in poverty that have died, then 
Um, probably the the benefits bill in general is not going to be as big. Although, having said that, there'll be a lot more people out of work, isn't there? In the in the cold light of day, right? Um, this has cost the planet an incalculable amount of money, trillions, absolute trillions. And realistically, how many people have died from it? <clears throat> uh, I think it's about. Is it, wasn't it about four hundred thousand? Doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's about that. And how many people so, are living on the planet? It's less than half a million at the moment, and there's what eight billion? Is it eight billion? Something like that. So what's that as a percentage? Uh, I mean, it's small. Uh, the percentage of the population. How many million are there in a billion? One thousand. Depending. I can never remember which it is. They used to be in, in the American... American system. They do it stupidly, where they have milliards and billiards, and none of that makes. No, any but there sense. was. I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was a there was a time when either the American million wasn't the same as the UK million, or the American billion wasn't the same as the UK it's the billion. American billion, because they'd they'd do it, whereas a million million is a billion. I thought that was the UK version. We do it as a thousand millions a billion. I thought it was the other way around, but no. So a thousand anyway. million, a thousand million is one billion. Yeah. So if there's five hundred thousand people died, that's like zero point five percent. So <clears throat> if there's eight billion, you're talking about very roughly about zero point one percent of the world population. It's significant in the areas that are actually affected, though. I think the other thing, yeah, about is it's, but it's, if you look at the money it's cost the planet. Yeah, is that disproportionately right or wrong? Any is death not, is is terrible. But is, but, there not, is there not a case of of um, worrying about where it might lead if we don't? Because those figures are a result of all the lockdowns that have been in place all around the planet. So if there had been no change, there'd be a whole hell of a lot more. Yeah, yeah prob- probably, probably. Yeah, well, no, definitely. I mean, right, especially yeah. in very densely populated countries like India and China, they were very quick to lock down. Very There's places like places like that, though. You kind of we, you've got no way of no. I mean, even here, we've got no way of knowing really how many people have been have died directly what, or indirectly. Look what's happened in Beijing. Mm. Been yeah. locked down again. Yeah. And that was from another food market spreading it. I just, I, I just think I. Sh- well, for me, I know that the world economy is suffering big time. But for me, I'm happy to just take a, take a time out until, from things like holidays and traveling and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't particularly want to go. I don't really have a huge option. <laughs> no, but if you did, I wouldn't particularly want to go and do a holiday in a face mask. Um, no, it wouldn't be the same. I'd rather, if I knew there was going to be a vaccine in two years, I'd just take two years off holidays. <laughs> okay, other news items. Yes, because I, I was thinking uh, we need to get onto something a bit less morbid because I was going to start well, giggling in the middle of that. Well, related partly to coronavirus, it's likely going to affect a lot of people due to this. Uh, Trump's removed protections from LGBT people in medicine, essentially, which means if a doctor decides because of their political or religious convictions that they don't want to treat a gay person or a trans person, 
they can just deny them healthcare. Essentially, we had a. I know that's a bit of a more serious case, but we had a uh, one of a similar kind of thing in. Uh, I'm sure it was somewhere in Scotland where a baker had refused to make a wedding cake for a gay couple. Yeah, I remember that story. I mean, the, the baking a cake and the life saving. <laughs> yeah, treatment. but no, my point is that when that when that went through the courts, they were found. They were. They were found guilty of discrimination. They were told that they weren't allowed to to refuse to make something for someone on that basis. It's it's feeling like it's ringing back to the age crisis, something like this. But this is where where do you draw the line on religious privilege? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know where you draw the line on religious privilege, but pretty much as soon as it actually affects public policy <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's the case in this country i know i know the that thing it... is right so i don't know much about this story i know trump was proposing something and what you've told me there is more than a new anyway so is that being passed is he just proposing it as he signed oh, off okay. on it? it's gone through who who voted it through surely the senate have to pass anything and the senate's republican they agree with it yeah, it's the. Is, the, um, is there a is it's the official of Republican policy to repeal gay marriage? Still, they're standing on that as a twenty twenty platform. Yeah, it's, it's is it the House of Representatives that's more Democrats? Yeah, because the midterms. I don't. I don't get American politics. So let's have a quick idiot guide to American politics because I'm like oh, you, you, Paul. We we had a whole episode on U.S. politics. Oh. It's just dead quick, just dead quick. So, how many tiers have you got? Uh, there's three branches: the executive, which is the president; the legislative, yeah. le- the, which is the Senate and Congress, yeah. like the House of Representatives, and then there's the judicial, which would be the Supreme Court. Um, president selected by the Electoral College. It's not particularly democratic, if I'm honest. You can technically win with a, I think about twenty three percent of the vote. If you get the right percent, if you get yeah, the it's right unlikely, percentage. but like you can win with less votes, like it happened in twenty sixteen, and I think in two thousand with Bush. And you've got the Democ- Democrats and the Republicans. So yeah, Trump is a they're Republican. basically the only parties that have any chance. I like that the Democrats. <laughs> They're both fucking useless, if I'm honest. Yeah. So the Democrats are basically conservative. Yeah, the, 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 and the, the Republicans are Labour. The the mainstream no. Democrats seem more similar to um, how the Conservatives are. Republicans are like UKIP at their worst. The BNP. Yeah, they don't they don't have an equivalent of Labour over there, do they? All right, so everything's further right. The closest to Labour you would get is the very fringe elements of the Democrats, and probably going into like the Socialist Party. Speaking of fascism, I just have to bring up before I forget. Do you not think it's fucking ironic that the um, that Britain first were defending Churchill's statue with Nazi salutes the other day? <laughs> Oh, that was stupid. A newspaper called them anti-anti-fascist protesters. It's like, what's another word for (laughs) anti-anti-fascist? Maybe fascist. We're in weird weird times. Basically, everybody who was alive 
during the the start of World War Two. It's basically dead now, so everybody's forgotten. Oh, that was the other thing that you mentioned in World War reminded me, because I said in the last episode to you that I was starting to read all the Marvel comics, didn't I? And that I was doing it in chronological order. Well, like timeline wise, like the beginning of time and Midgard and Asgard and that. Well, I've changed my mind on the order I'm reading them because it's fucking complicated because each like comic strip is from a certain point in time. So I was having to like find individual comic strips and it was just getting too much. So I basically I'm reading them in publication order now. So I'm on to 1940 now. I was on 1939 and I'm now on 1940. That's when they still use wank as a sound effect. No, that was DC, wasn't it? I thought I thought I, it was DC that did, was it not Batman? Jism. No, there is a comic strip though that I have seen uh where solid dick was um <laughs> slang for like straight talk. All right, okay. Yeah, so, there's um, some questionable stuff in there about race and and the, the thing with Iron Man going, maybe you need a solid d- to Captain America. Maybe you need some solid dick from Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, this the, back in nineteen forty. I mean, it's interesting they're talking about the World War, like because there's only been one at that point. What what's your stance on these, um, like erasing history? Um, taking down a statue is not erasing history. What's erasing history is building statues on places that you don't even know who owned them in the first place. What? On uh, places? On well, like uh, Confederate statues built in Kentucky, most people there probably don't know what indigenous tribe occupied that area before oh, right, people moved in and killed them all. Yeah, That's amazing history. I, I get that. It's but, Well, I mean, yeah, but if you go to Disney and you look at American history, hasn't America basically erased its own history? Mm. And well, yeah, essentially. Put its own slant on But My I only mean, problem with what's going spe- on... Specifically in <clears throat> Great Britain at the moment, where they're, they're pulling down slave um, people, thingy, statues, and now Penny Lane has been defaced in Liverpool because of slave uh, links... Is that right? My 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 um my view on it is I don't th- I don't think it's right to um remove those characters from the public um knowledge if you like but I I do think there is a correct way to um sort of portray them to the world. I mean, by all so, means celebrate somebody's achievements, but at the same time don't uh forget the negatives as well. Um I mean that as a for instance um the Churchill situation, yes he had racist views. And to a certain extent I do um I, I you know I'm not a Churchill fan. Uh, it's 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 eras, isn't it? The the thing is that that statue's been defaced at almost every mass demonstration since it was built. But Which statue? The Churchill, Churchill statue. Well, yeah, but that that's not the statue that was thrown into the sea at Bristol. No, that was no. Colston, wasn't it? Um, but and I've heard of of his uh, of that of his 
presence in Bristol being challenged before because there's a famous concert hall there called the something Colston. I think it might be the Colston Hall or something. Um, But I I know I was reading in my um, music union um, circular that there's been a a big push to rename the concert hall because they don't think it's appropriate that it should be named after a slave trader. No. Um, Even though he he put a lot of funding into the arts, it's kind of... Well, I've heard the argument that um, there used to be a statue of Jimmy Savile in Glasgow not anything to do with him being a paedophile, obviously, because they didn't know that at that point. He just gave a lot of money. Well, that's the, the thing. Area, he raised a lot of money for charity, didn't he? Yeah. However, <laughs> at the point where you start learning, hang on, we, we shouldn't be putting up statues of this person. We should be condemning them. I decided. You get rid of that. I've decided that during the course of these podcasts, once we get past the half an hour mark, I'm going to start trying to steer it onto the subject. Okay, so okay. I'm going to try and segue... Okay, from that, one more, one more news thing. One more news from non. Remind, right, yeah, remind me of Jimmy's. Yeah, remind me of Jimmy Savile when when we come back. From your yeah, tangent. also uh, just one last note on that. No one's forgotten who Jimmy Savile is because of that. Because the statue was taken down. No, no, um, that that's true. It's anyway. Um, but one yeah, last but thing. That, 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 that's the thing, though. It's like, um. I'm thinking, uh, what am I thinking? Oh, I've lost my... It's fucking moose head stuff. Okay, so the the thing that does my head in, right, is if you're a nonce and you're alive and you get caught, or any sort of sexual predator, not just nonsense, but any sort of sexual predator, and you're alive and you get arrested for it, you go to court, you stand trial, and you get convicted. Yeah. Jimmy Savile, I don't even know if he's ever had an inquiry in his death. No, because it was all after he died, wasn't it? It was all after he died. So do we know that any, just because people have said he nonced them, did he actually nonce them? Why can't you have a trial after you've died? I thought you could, but. I think it's that important that it should stand trial. Well, there was Operation Yew Tree, wasn't there? Um, so there'll be a lot of people that kind of maybe get connected with that. Um, but I think my my problem with the whole... Because you don't have closure then, do you? No. Because my... it's all just up in the air. And, and I think this is something that the courts um, do deal with, and it's very difficult as a member of the public to think about this in a fair way. But my big problem, I think that we have to be very careful about is judging the past by today's standards. Definitely. Um, but you, within yeah. within boundaries. But you can judge the past by the past standards and find out, yes, these people were racist by their time standards. Like, now, just to bring Churchill up... Churchill ran a concentration I remember, camp. I, I can't remember which... Um, I think it was one of the Dis Down the Under podcasts that were talking about Song of the South. Um Oh, no, it might have been Disney Dreamgirls, actually. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, but they were talking about Song of the South, which has a particularly bad reputation and has been removed from um, Disney platforms since, uh, I think, 1986 but, was the last release, wasn't it? Well, the thing with Song of the South is it's become an urban legend now because yeah. nobody has seen it in a generation. But they're talking about stripping that connection from Splash Mountain now. But I wouldn't say there's a connection... 
with Song of the South to Splash Mountain because not not just, an, there's nothing human. There's no human connection. No, so it's just the cartoon characters. But again, that that film um, apparently at the time there was a guy that they were talking about on the podcast that um, that had done a lot of uh, sort of writing about the the truth about things like Song of the South and other contentious Disney historical stuff. Um, and if you put it in the context of history, it was actually fairly, uh, it was trying to move things forward from where they were at the time. Um, you know, there was a, a, a black guy who was a slave who actually left his position in slavery to try and better his kind of family position, which at the time, if things hadn't been um, improving, wouldn't have been possible if he'd actually been stuck in slavery. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have had the choice to do that because he would have been purely owned. It, I'm not probably not describing it particularly well, but it's. It, well, Disney have got double standards because I found a Song of the South album. What you know, one of his pick your phone up Disney. Disney put this this album out. It, I want to say 2016. Mm. The music of Song of the South is that the one with Zippity Doodah? Yeah. I like but that but it's it, it's the movie soundtrack basically of the film. Mm. So is that why is that acceptable? Anyway, but, Jimmy Savile. No, the one last bit of news <laughs> that I had was um, yesterday, the day before we were recording this, was the three-year oh, anniversary troubles. of the Grenfell Tower disaster. Oh yeah. Or. As I shall refer to it, the Grenfell Tower Massacre. Yeah. Considering thousands of people still live in buildings with those cladding on, no oh, one's been prosecuted for it. And I remember sitting watching that. I don't think the that. victims have been fairly compensated for I remember it. sitting watching that happening. That was horrific. But, anyway. Also, Cut one last one bit of news. <laughs> Poland accidentally invaded Czech, the Czech Republic. <laughs> Are you going to elaborate or the other day? They just—I mean—they don't really have a solid border border because they're in the Schengen area. So I think they were just like doing military exercises, which <laughs> Poland's been getting increasingly fascistic. So it's a little bit worrying, but like they're not actually invading anyone. They said they've corrected their official records. <laughs> um, and and going back to the thing about erasing the past, um, I I agree with the way um, that there was a thing recently about the. Um, removed certain episodes of different programs from I think Little Britain's been taken down completely from some things and the Germans episode of Faulty Towers have been taken off for now, review. That wasn't because of the Hitler walk. A lot of no. people think it's because of the Hitler walk. It's because they use the N word in it. Yeah. But I I actually um but apparently there there have been releases since then that John Cleese had approved them taking that editing that bit out. But my my view on that is that I think things like that and Song of the South and statues should still be allowed to exist. But there should be a full explanation, like there should be a a, a disclaimer at the beginning saying there are there are aspects of this which take are taken which were unacceptable even at the time. But well, it not, should only you know. be showed in a way that invites the audience to critically engage yeah. with that content. It's like, do you remember Alf Garnet? You'll never see a show of that again, will you? No. 
But nobody at the time, certainly not me, I mean, maybe some people were, but I wasn't watching him thinking, yeah, he's a funny guy, I, I think the same way he does. I was thinking, what a fucking twat, you know. I wasn't looking up to him, I was laughing at him, not with him. Yeah, I think that's how twats like Katie Hopkins got big, though. Yeah. You just some mothers, got famous for Some like it hot, you'll never see that again, will you? What, what? was it? Some, some mothers some do like have them. Some, no, 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 um, oh. Uh-huh. It, it ain't uh-huh. half hot, mum. It ain't half hot, mum. Yeah, I used to love Never that program. I did, but it's probably not correct now. No, they had the they had the um, Indian guy at the back operating the um, like the fan all the time, didn't he, to keep the the British officers cool? Yeah, I mean it was, but it depends well, okay. on how it's being done is it is it being done as an insult or because i mean if you watch that now you would be watching with horror and thinking that's like but but is a lower low racist then well yeah that's the thing yeah the french yeah i think it's sort of whilst those things weren't actively racist for their time they did exist in a racist time so it, yeah, it's but very uncomfortable watching put a, it. Put a, port- put a disclaimer at the beginning saying that there are aspects of this which portray um, things which are now unacceptable um, and may even have yeah. been unacceptable at the time. I mean, I think a lot of people sort of shrink at this word, uh, this term, put a trigger warning on it, like a content yeah. warning on it saying shows scenes of racism. Yeah. There's one, there's one of them at the start of Dumbo, apparently. Oh, right. The original cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they I think put it's the, I think it's the crows. A, a racist. Is it? I, what was the other thing I was reading that uh, they named down the racist laws? Some of the original Tom and Jerry stuff's got that as well now. Yeah. Which I, I don't have a problem with that because it's like you know you don't want to be promoting that kind of attitude, but you don't also want to be forgetting that people had that kind of attitude because. You know, you you could end up with a situation where you think, well, nobody's ever going to think or behave like that because it's so ridiculous. Look, but they I mean, did. Look, <laughs> we've we've had World War Two. Most of the people are dead now. Very soon, the last soldiers of World War Two will be dead, and we remember the fallen every single year so that we never forget, right? But you've got Nazis marching around fucking yeah. London. Yeah, but they seem to be obsessed with like. Here's that bizarre thing of doing Nazi salutes outside a church or more. I mean, I know he apparently supported the black shirts in Britain, which is like a fascist movement within Britain. But oh, I want to go into the subject. Fine. I Sorry. mean, I I did do that, but like then you guys just kept bringing up other stuff. So uh, I know, but I couldn't because you made me think of things, and I started. Yeah. So Jimmy Savile. Oh my god. Uh, it wasn't to do with Jimmy Savile specifically, but one of the things that I thought, introducing the subject of fame, I thought, uh, to keep the conversation going, it might be, um, you probably don't have much to say about this, but you can interject and stuff, okay. is a bit of well, a round table on, anyway. on who who are the most famous people we've met and under what circumstances. Um, Who's my most famous? Cynthia Lennon, I'd say. Who's that? John Lennon's now deceased wife. All right. Oh. Was she before Yoko? She was before Yoko, yes. She was his uh, sweetheart at college. 
Mm-hmm. He was at, he went to art school. Um, they met. He because he be, was obviously a Beatle. Uh, he got her pregnant just as the Beatles were exploding onto the scene. He did the right thing and married her. He played away behind her back. She was a secret at the start of the Beatles. So John Lennon is married. And then she paid someone to shoot him. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> 67, 68, Yoko comes on the scene, something like that. Didn't they spend a um, the week in bed in a shop window or something? No, in a hotel. Hotel. Yeah, for peace, advocating peace. A bed in. Yeah, they went to bed for a week or something. Because it was all about the Vietnam War and, and everything that was going on. You you want to go and do your own work on John Lennon. He was... He was a very complicated man. He he was uh, used to knock women about. He got in with Yoko, changed his ways. He wouldn't be allowed to now. But see, that's um, that's one thing I I uh, often hear about Miles Davis. He was a he had a bit of a, a knocking knocking his missus about thing going on. But I mean, was, do you mean sexually or like domestic abuse? Domestic though? abuse. Right. I don't. Yeah, I don't mean it was a fetish thing. I mean he he was he was a violent kind of guy. He had he had violence problems, aggression problems, um, and it's weird because nobody kind of remember. Ugh, I've heard it mentioned, but people tend not to think. It's like how much, obviously, with Gary Glitter, his music's pretty much been dumped from the zeitgeist now, hasn't it? Um, uh, is that the weird choice of having it in Joker, which I just found kind of bizarre? What was the song for that? Oh, he was coming down the stairs. It was a Gary Glitter song. I thought, oh, was it Leader uh, of the Gang? I don't no. know. I had the um, the builders in in our old house, and I had a, an Apple Music seventies radio station playing, so just seventies music, and. The builders were working away, putting the bathroom in, and then Gary Glitter come on, and it stopped the conversation dead. <laughs> See, I mean, I feel I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know what to believe about Michael Jackson, but I, I used to, I used to feel more comfortable listening to his music than I do now because of what other people might think. Well, this is the thing <laughs> with Michael Jackson, right? He stood two court cases. He was cleared both times, right? Yeah. They dropped did, it. Did he drop it, or was did he get get off with it? Was he innocent? Well, that's the thing when it's quite public. He did pay cases. him off, though, didn't he? He did. He did. They did settle out he, of court. So the first one, um, I've read a book about that, and I'm not saying the book is right, but. He was basically uh, extremely naive, Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he was exploited, and he was held to ransom by the father of the boy who he's alleged to have showed his knob to or whatever. But, you never know, do you? I mean, it's like with this whole SeaWorld thing. You don't know, you know, you, you read so much from different sides of the story, giving a different kind of angle to it that you don't, you don't, you, there's no way we people like us could know what the truth is. No. The, the thing is, Naively, even John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon, um, used to sleep over at Michael Jackson's house. Mm. Um, Macaulay Culkin 
used to sleep over at Michael Jackson's house, and they'll tell you they used to sleep in his bed with him. Yeah. But nothing ever went on. But is would you let your son go and sleep in another man's bed? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> but this thing with fame, would fame cloud your judgment? Well, the, the thing is, I mean... They've never. People like him have never known. Um, that doesn't make it right, though. No, but they've never known what normal life is to to the vast majority of people on the planet. So, but he's got an advisor, though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's got a household of staff. Yeah. And you know, a gang but, of young boys are going to sleep over in his bed. Uh, hold on a minute, Mister Jackson. That's probably not a good idea. So, speaking of which, anyway, um, my first entry, as it were. Will be Rolf Harris. Oh, oh, great! Continuing <laughs> on the same theme, I feel like this episode's taken a very distinct turn. As a teenager, I was. Uh, We're talking was about in, all the paedophiles <laughs> now, are we? I was in a, I was in a brass quintet. At Panini sticker book of nonsense. Northamptonshire <laughs> Music School. Um, I was in the county brass quintet, and we we played at a garden party at a local village or somewhere near Northampton. And he was the guest of honour, Rolf Harris. He was there doing um, pictures. Obviously, this was before he was. Um, but he's found a convicted out. nonce. I think he's out yeah. of prison now. Yeah, Is well, he? he was there doing he was there doing bits of artwork. But the tu- see, it's it, with the benefit of hindsight, everybody's like, um, oh yeah, looking back, it, you can see how it was creepy now, but. Our tuba player, because I don't. Do you know what a didgeridoo is? I've got one in my hand here. <laughs> can Can you do circular breathing on it? <laughs> I can try. That's um, two ribs taken out. It's an Australian Aboriginal instrument. Um, it's just like a. It's like a big, long kind of log-shaped tube thing. Um, but you play it using a technique called circular breathing, so you don't, you don't, you can just play a long note, and it just carries on for as long as you want it to, because you fill your cheeks with air instead of breathing, and you breathe in through your nose at the same time. But anyway, he demonstrate because he plays didgeridoo. He demonstrated this, and he used the tuba player's tuba to to do it, and uh, and she was like having to interact with him and stuff, and she she came away from it like pretty pretty creeped out at the time. But obviously, at that time, we didn't know anything about. His um, preferences, should we say? Mm, no, we shall not say. You used to have a you used to have a seven inch single of his, which had Jake the Peg on one Did side. You now, Jake the Peg on one side and two little boys on the other with two little uh, toys. Two, two little, boys. little boys and two little toys. Each had a wooden horse. Yeah, he was. Released, they really, he really, was released on license in twenty seventeen. Really sad song, Matt. Uh, which I think essentially means parole. I bought that single because it was re-released just before he was done for nonsense uh, by a, I think it was a Welsh male voice choir. <laughs> and it's, it's a very powerful rendition. Oh, Tiny Kangaroo oh. Downsport as well. Can we stop reminiscing about songs from paedophiles? <laughs> So what do you want to talk about, fame? I sent some stuff over Something before. other than paedophiles, please. Who um, was the well, first finished, famous... I haven't finished name-dropping yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to name-drop all the paedophiles. John Craven. I've, I've shook John Craven's hand. Is he a nonce, too? I've never heard of him. No, I don't think he was. He John did. Craven's news round? Yeah. Oh, okay. He gave he gave me a prize at school. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
No a, dotty. A music prize. Uh, and the other one was, oh yeah, I have a photo with uh, with all of the members of Muse actually. But I had a, I went to a um, a, f- a video shoot to take part in one of their videos, um, and we were all hanging around. And and Suzanne, this was just after it started going out or um, knocking about with your mum, and <laughs> and um, she couldn't get down there. So I I phoned her from I London. Like this episode and and. Um, and I said, "Oh, shall I put him on the phone so he can chat to you?" And he was just surrounded by women, uh, okay, sorry, girls. See, in rock music, that's kind of there. This is a guy in his late twenties, surrounded by teenage girls. It's just like even then, in in the roundabout the millennium, you know, two thousand and one, it wasn't, and it probably You're still not isn't. To fuck them. No, no, but. Um, yeah, I've got a photo taken with them, with Matt Burnham. That's about it, really. Timmy Mallet, I've met Timmy Mallet. I think I might have seen him, but yeah. from a distance. I um, he was at Lime Street. I was going to drive his train, and um, has he got a train? Oh, no, sorry. he was going to jump on my train, <laughs> and I asked him. I said, "Can I have a selfie <laughs> with you?" And he said, uh, "You can, but I need to go for the wee first. And he ran off for the wee. Was he wearing he a back. polka dot? Bikini. He'd only had his mallet in his hand. Did he? Yeah. Um, John Barnes. I've met John Barnes. Okay. Kenny Dalgleish. I've met Kenny Dalgleish. No idea who that is. They play with balls. I know who John Barnes is because I've seen him speak about stuff. Footballers. You don't know who Kenny Dalgleish is? No idea. Is he still alive? I don't follow football or old things. I'm not really massively into football, but he had something to do with Newcastle, didn't he? Fuck off, you paid a fucking heathen. (laughs) I'm I'm guessing from that response it was Liverpool then. He started his playing career at Celtic. He then come to Liverpool when when, um, Kevin Keegan had left. And he replaced Kevin Keegan. And he was amazing. So Kevin has never managed Newcastle then? Yeah, he has, yeah. That's and I fucking then, knew it. You said to call him me a fucking fuck off, you bastard. Yeah, but that's not what he's famous for. You shit. Well, that's what I know him for, so obviously it is what he's famous for. If you're not a Liverpool fan. He was player manager at Liverpool in 86. He won the Cup League Cup double. Then in 89, when Hillsborough occurred, he was the manager and he basically took the, the whole city on his shoulders and got everybody through this the disaster he went to every single funeral of the 96 who died then he had a nervous breakdown and left um then he went to blackburn won the league there then he went to newcastle and was shit and he's basically a fucking i think he's a director or something now at liverpool okay he's a fucking hero has he still got a mullet no, I don't know if he's got any air now. But he had coronavirus the other week. Mm. Um, I met him on the day they sacked Gerard Ulier as Liverpool manager. I saved Kenny Dalglish on the train. See, that was and when I was into football. Just for, a couple of years, I, <laughs> just for a couple of years, I supported Liverpool and I had a Liverpool top. And that was around that time, Gerard Ulier, Michael Owen, his kind of... It was following that, that famous um, run... You know, when he was 18 in the World Cup. Was he 18? He was very young. But that, yeah. where he just ran the whole pitch and took on the whole... So I only know that yeah. because you've told me that. Well, that, that, was, that was a fantastic 
amazing. That that's that's the only time that football sent a chill down my spine was that run. That was just yeah. Well, I watch Quidditch, so <laughs> I'm not into football, but that that impressed the fuck out of me. You watch Quidditch and marble marble races are genuinely fucking uh, addictive. There's not. there's this no uh, John <laughs> I've Oliver heard this before no John Oliver. Um, have you heard of John Oliver? He's the voice of um, Rafiki. Reason Zazu Zazu sorry. in the new Lion King, but he also uh, does Last Week Tonight, which is like one of these comedy <laughs> news programs. Pardon me. Except it's actually funny. Um, yeah, he basically showed off because it's middle of like lockdown. Uh, this YouTube channel, uh, I think it's uh, Jelly's Marbles runs. They do marble races like it's Formula One, and it's fucking addictive. Good. I've, I've watched every one of their videos since that episode came out. <laughs> This is why you that, never get that, any sleep because you're no, up all night watching marble no, races. They don't release that many videos. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you were about to ask us something about one of the articles you sent us. Who was the first famous person? Gary Baldy. Boom. <laughs> is, it, is it related to the biscuit? I think so. Is he a fruity biscuit? He can be. On a Saturday night. That's the one that, although I wouldn't do this, that was, was the one that won the biscuit. Well, um, what do you mean by the first the famous person? Because I imagine the Pharaohs were pretty famous at that time. Celebrity. Worthy, worthy famous. Or just dominatory. Well, the gladiators would have been famous. They they were mostly yeah, but slaves. Define fame. Uh, you're talking about celebrity. Celebrity, celebrity is, you know. It's like other royals, celebrities. Or- yes. Well, they're oh. constantly in the tabloids talking about Yeah, but that means weight. they're famous. Is, is a celebrity something different from somebody who's famous? Because you can be... I mean, Jimmy Savile's famous, but is he a celebrity? Do, do people celebrate him? I'm, I keep going back to that. I should stop. No, it looks, it looks bad. Oh, I've just opened Final Cut, not Google. Whoops. Um, I'm not starting editing the video while we're still recording it. No, you don't need to. Charles Dickens, he was a celebrity. He was famous. Oh, he went on tour. Stop fucking farting. Right. Oh, it things. just says a famous person, especially in entertainment or sport. Or the state. Especially of in entertainment world. or sport, so not like royalty or. What was so Gary Baldy? No, especially. It's he was a, a soldier. Person is a Gary Baldy was a soldier. Okay. Maybe they named a biscuit after him. Well, Apparently, he has it? the most integrity for dunking in tea. Oh, yeah, we had a. Sorry. Uh, we had a competition at my school because well, we had nothing better to do um, where we dunked biscuits in a cup of tea to see how long they would hold out. The Garibaldi was the best, which left me with a packet of Garibaldi's that no one wanted to eat. Oh, I ate them. So I just brought them home in a plastic bag and they went mouldy. And then They I did not go mouldy. They went stale. You ate them they- months later. I like Garibaldi. Yeah. The the person or the biscuit? I do like Gary, but only when he's baldy. So what is soggy biscuit? No, we're not talking about that. Because I've heard, I've, I nobody's actually told me 
exactly what Soggy Biscuit is. I can imagine because of the way that it's there been There are websites you mentioned. can look that up on if you wish to. Yeah, but I don't want to pollute my laptop. I want to make you feel uncomfortable you by having to, to describe it to your me. laptop. <laughs> it's all Eddie polluted. Soggy laptop. Have you heard of sticky keys? <laughs> so what does fame mean to you? Who would who would take your breath away if you met them? Every time I hear the the word fame, I just I get a flashback to the late seventies, early eighties. I don't know when it was out exactly, but the the TV series. See, it's weird, sort of being my age, fame because like the musical. Most I'm, of the yeah, people maybe. that I would consider <laughs> to be like my sort of idols. You see, your sort of idols are different to our sort of idols because well, yeah. You've just waxed lyrical about a bell end racing fucking marbles down it. So you might be into YouTubers. Well, this yeah, is it. The YouTube a few right. years back, these two. That's the new celebrity. A few years back, we went down to Leeds for a couple of nights to watch a couple of guys at Leeds Town Hall who I'd never heard of before, but apparently are really famous. What was their names? They're, U- they're YouTube stars. Who were they? Dan and Phil. Dan and Phil. Yeah, yeah, Dan and Phil. You know, you've Eve heard of them. loves Dan and Phil, yeah. Our Eve's seen I'd never like heard it. of them. I just thought it was... I mean, together it, now. I'm not surprised. What, together, together? Yeah. Huh. yeah. No, I didn't know. I, I know they came out as gay. I didn't know that they were dating. Yeah, yeah. That's a dangerous... That's a dangerous business move, isn't it? I, I'm not sure how linked they are anymore. They just... Um, I think they were two separate channels that did collapse together. Yeah. Uh. I don't think I don't have to put much content out now. To be honest, I was going to ask you actually because, uh, I mean, obviously there's mega famous. When we say famous, we think about, but there's going to be a sliding I scale, know, isn't it? You say locally that I'm famous. I know Jeremy Corbyn follows Dan on Twitter, but I was going to bring up what? the um, the incident of um, you being recognised on. It- it's happened in twice. various places, twice, yes, and it's, it's unnerven. But um, there was this the Simon thing, wasn't there? Well, the Simon Isbell thing. I, I, hello, Simon. Um, I was thinking was, about getting him on tonight, but I thought it would oh, take it would take some of your glory. He's, he's doing a he's doing a lot of podcasts now. Our Simon, yeah. he's busy. Um, basically, me and Nick are, are watching the Bill and Ted, and we taped the audio. In Halloween Hot Nights, and it's on Everybody's Got One. And they're doing another one of those. There's a trailer out, yeah. You haven't seen the uh, first two yet, have you? I have. For well, both of them. Not recently, but oh, I've okay. definitely seen them. Sorry, carry on. Bill and Ted. Yeah. And we, we walked out of the stadium and we're just having a conversation amongst ourselves, me and Nick. And this gentleman just approached us just and said, I'm sorry, are you Craig? Or words to that effect. And he'd heard us talking. And like, I just sort of think of your voice as just sort of a relatively generic Liverpool accent. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so very I, I don't dulcet. know how you could, like... Wait, what, were you in America at the time? Yeah, we were in right. Florida, yeah. In Orlando, in but Universal. That, see, that's the weird thing that now I don't think of people like you and Nick as, like, celebrities or famous, but Back when I first, when when I was um, researching for our trip to Disney, I didn't really know anything about podcasts anyway, so I didn't really kind of, but you were kind of, not what I'd think of as famous, but you were voices of, um, you know, like you might hear on the radio or something, you know, sort of semi-famous. Well, 
Favourite. The first, so 2009, I go to Florida with the family and I come back manically depressed because I've just been to the happiest place in the world and I wanted to get me Disney fix. So I went onto iTunes because that's how you had to do it back then, 2009, typed in Walt Disney World and all these podcasts come up and one of them was Disney Brit and the other one was I and Orlando, both hosted by Adam Goodger. And they're English, and I was able to email them, and I was able to get my questions aired and my opinions read out, and I was starstruck. Yeah. Absolutely starstruck. But I don't see myself as anything special, or certainly not. I, I still, see every, still get a, every, bit of, a bit of a childish kind of buzz when I hear my name on one of the network podcasts. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but so do I, because ultimately I'm still just a, a listener of podcasts. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, like the second time it happened, I was in Primark just talking to the girl and um, a, a lad just stopped and was standing behind us mm. and he, he just come up and introduced himself and he was a listener to Morlando. Now Morlando gets a hundred listeners. Yeah. So on planet Earth of seven or eight billion, a hundred people listen to that show. Yeah. And one of them just happened to be in Primark and overheard me talking mm. to a member of staff. But I, that's the thing. I'd also had the balls to go up to you and ask. Yeah. I mean, he must have known you damn tall because, I mean, put it, just put in a Liverpool accent onto somebody, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was shocked. It was a lovely uh, shock. Just but, while I remember, but, I was going to say, because, I mean, the, the thing with... The, I I feel like the, the After Dark Network is incredibly varied in its um, kind of reach between like there's some podcasts like us that probably only get like 10 to a dozen listeners an episode sort of thing um but then the other night i was listening to halloween half hour and they had an interview with elvira yeah which i thought what the fuck because i i knew her from having seen um in fact they mentioned it on the episode uh an episode of heavy metal heaven back in the early 1980s it was a documentary on um heavy metal it was called decline of the western civilization part one and she was the presenter on that and it's like now i'm finding myself on the same network with i mean even chris seems to me to be relatively you know he wrote that book that's up there he's one of the presenters on that and boston as well is obviously fairly well known in the sort of it's like there's there's a sliding scale isn't there it's like there's boston none of boston us are like is, massively famous but boston is a um an instagrammer yeah basically ah, okay. who, who just happens to podcast she's very very switched on to the social media side of things yeah whereas for me, social media is a means to an end, is to get the product out there. She knows exactly what she's doing on them type of on the on them platforms, the yeah. Twitters and the Instagrams and stuff. She's brilliant at it. She's absolutely brilliant at I'm, it. I'm having to try and wean myself as, as I don't want to like lose contact with social media because there's a lot of stuff like the the uh, polls and that that you guys do that I need to be aware of or want to be aware of so I can take part in them, but. 
in general, the content on Facebook and Twitter, I'm trying to kind of avoid as much as I can because I just find it toxic. But there's a way to a very easy way to do that. You just mute. So the people you don't want, the, the toxic people, you click on that article and you yeah. mute it. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've found myself getting sucked in um, the the last few weeks because of Donald Trump, because of coronavirus, because Black Lives Matter. Exactly. We are. We're living extraordinary times at the moment. It is important to stay switched on. You sort of need to follow the right people, but also there are definitely certain people that is just not worth looking in the replies of because generally either filled with bots that have been set up to basically just harass this one person or people like them or... uh, the sort of blue check mark people who like go on campaigns to basically just say the same old shit basically under everything they tweet. Even if it, I think it was um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, AOC. Uh, she's quite a, I mean, she's a fairly new politician in America, but like she's got a fair amount of controversy around her. And it was just like she was posting something about like a community gardening project because she is like a local representative as well as doing more national stuff. But like still even under something as inane and harmless as just like community gardening, people were putting like communism's killed millions. Like ridiculous shit like that. Why does that sound like some kind of double entendre? What? Community gardening. Have you heard of what? an uphill gardener? Uh, someone who shovels shit uphill. I don't know. I've heard of an uphill gardener, I'm sure. That... Sorry, I've hijacked that thread okay. there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, who's, oh, who's the most famous person on Twitter? Most famous person on Twitter? I mean, you Donald Trump. got up an article... I mean, the most famous, and then there's most followed. Well, the mm. most followed has got to surely be the most famous, surely, possibly. But like, who the, is the most followed? I, I I thought it was Barack Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama by oh, a right. country mile. Ah. Approximately 120 million followers. See, that makes me want to follow him. What does he say? Anything interesting? Uh, I mean. Is it... So I unfollowed uh, Donald Trump this weekend and followed Joe Biden instead. <laughs> I've never followed Donald Trump anyway. But I mean, I think generally, while he does have some interesting stuff to say, most of it's relatively safe stuff. That like, do you know what I think the difficulty is with the social media fame thing is that people get we're in the age of outrage where people love to be offended and and defend their position and all this lot. But the problem is, if you go responding to an article that you disagree with or somebody's post that you disagree with, even though you're arguing the opposite side, you're promoting their post. Yeah, it's that sort of thing of um, don't engage with the trolls. look, Look at the Dominic Cummings situation, right? He is a very clever man, right? He done wrong. We all we can all say in here he done wrong. He broke the law. Yeah. He lied. Well, then they changed li- the law afterwards to make it seem okay. 
and but basically lied. just ignored any mention of his name. He basically concocted a whole story because he'd been caught up there. He'd been spotted, so he's had to backpedal and pretend he's had coronavirus, right? He's never had coronavirus because he's never been tested. He's never had a test, and he's never had an antibody test. If if he'd have had an antibody test and and we could see that publicly uh, he had had the antibodies, then we could all go, fair enough, but he hasn't had coronavirus. He's been caught doing what he shouldn't have done. He's gone up there. But when Edwina Curry had salmonella on her eggs, she resigned. Yeah. When, when David Meller was shagging prostitutes in a Chelsea shirt, he resigned. Well, the thing is, Do- Dominic Cummings not, is not in an elected position. He's not. He's but an advisor, Dom- but he's also one of the most powerful people in the country right now. Is he w- exactly. What worries me about him is, is statistics that he's he, so he clever. Exactly. I, I almost feel as though he's not though. He is. He's though. a manipulative arsehole. He's not. Yeah. Well, that's smart, what I'm. He, that's what I mean. He, right. That's his aesthetic. I, the whole thing through Brexit, right? Brexit was voted for. They brought in Bojo and Dominic Cummings come along. Dominic Cummings basically orchestrated the whole of Brexit. Hmm. Dominic Cummings played an absolute blinder and led Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party down a path. When you listen to, go back and listen to all the Brexit cast podcasts, it was like, um, this is the most historic day in Parliament. Bojo cannot survive this week. Yeah. What he's done is catastrophic. He is going to have to resign. He didn't because the next, what he did is he replaced one outlandish fucking thing with another outlandish thing. And people yeah, forgot the It's this Trumpian era of just replacing bullshit with more outlandish bullshit. To yes. But what, what worries me about him is that it um, almost seems like. It almost seems like he's looking for the most ridiculous things to get away with so that he can just lower the bar of acceptability as far as he possibly can. Well, it, it's a tactic that's, I think, been used... Uh, and I uh, saw this in uh, Charlie Brooker's, I think, 2014 wipe. Oh, I still um, watch that. Putin's press secretary, secretary funding various extreme groups just to basically make everyone confused about politics. So funding neo-Nazis, human rights activists, even opponents of Putin, just to confuse things and make people go, oh, well, we need a strong government to lead us through this. Oh, look, there's a strong man. Let's follow him. He should have resigned, Dominic Cummings, but he hasn't because his news is now two, three, four weeks old. Now we've got Black Lives Matter, which he couldn't have orchestrated that, obviously, but he is now buried. Mm. Statistically, he knew that once he'd been caught and once he'd made his story up and once he'd gone back and altered blog posts from two years ago... Did you notice, though, that in the meantime, uh, before the Black Lives Matter thing came along, they brought forward the test and trace story? Yeah, yeah, which was bullshit. Which wasn't ready. It's not ready. Not ready at all. And he's now still in his job, and people have basically forgot about Dominic Cummings. Well, yeah, because he's, which... not, he's not held accountable in any way to people electing them. I mean, that's the one thing that sort of is meant to keep politicians in check. 
that it's it's like they have uh, to keep their job at the end of the day. It's basically now life is um, the dogging up. I'm concentrating on this, and then oh, squirrel, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so he he knew that if yeah. he will have the statistics somewhere. If I can survive five point seven days in and stay in my job, the general public will be distracted, and I'll be able to keep my job. There's only this so year's much time. Been time a shit keep... show from the beginning. So um, you could tell that there was going to be a new story the next week and people would mostly forget about it. And the wheels fell off the lockdown when Dominic Cummins kept his job. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They changed the sort of public attitude towards Yeah, but that's it. not going to be the story. The story is going to be that when the second spike comes along, it's all of these protesters. Well, yeah, of course. Although worth noting, it's now gotten to the, I think, the point in at least the UK protest where it's being rounded off by far-right dickheads who have nothing to do with the original protest and will probably be labelled to do with the protest in some way. I'm gonna. And this, this is all linked to fame now, right? Politicians are elected officials that are there to save us. But more and more politicians are celebrity. Well, yeah, I mean, literally, there's a reality TV star in the White House. Exactly. Plus, I wonder. I mean, even if it's Ronald. not, even if it's not intentionally, I wonder how many of those that were involved in any of the violence at the protests over the weekend subconsciously were there because they knew that they would get on the news. Yeah, but people lose the jobs out over that shit. So if you're Billy, the right-wing fascist, who um, by weekend goes out and batters uh, other rival football fans and does all that shit, but by day you're um, you work in the library. Tell you mm. what, I did find that entertaining. The Daily Mail trying to claim some sort of innocence going, I think it was, what's become of our tolerant Britain? <laughs> and loads of people put it beside it headlines of them going oh we need to shoot all the migrants we need to ban them now get rid of them they cause more crime even though it's based on nothing i need to take a urination break mm. we'll, can, we'll try get more onto celebrity yeah. but it's kind of difficult with all that's going on right now can i can i leave the podcast in your two capable hands just for a minute or two or will will the world fall apart we can hold this podcast with our capable hands i'm sure Yes, we'll be fine. We'll just comment on your haircut for 10 minutes. Grip it tightly. Don't let it go. So, who's the most famous... I hear you laugh. What's he saying? <laughs> who's the most famous people in your wheelhouse, then? My wheelhouse? Um, I mean, the most famous person, I guess, that I've met is I was in front row of a Dara Brian gig, and he did like interact with me during that so i guess that's probably the most famous person that i've interacted with significantly you're not in the best place to meet famous people really are you up in the highlands no no, no nobody fucking comes up here it's not <laughs> there's nobody up here it's, it's not worth the trouble really what about that scottish uh, comedian um the ginger frankie boyle Frankie Boyle. Haven't met him. 
He's just driving around Scotland now doing documentaries. Though he was, but I think he was mainly more interested in where he like started out in Glasgow, doing the sort of proper hard places, you know. What about Billy Connolly? No, it's, it's, I don't think he's done stand-up for ages now. No. Um, so um, also who, been to a Dave Gorman gig. I've, Dave Gorman, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly just sort of being in the audience of things, but I don't think that can really count as interacting with them significantly, like meeting them properly, because they're doing an act on stage, aren't they? So have you ever shook a famous person's hand or got an autograph and Mickey Mouse doesn't count? I can't hear you because I haven't got my earphones in. Um, What are you talking about? Getting autographs and meeting famous people. Uh, that's funny because while I was having a wee, I was thinking my question was going to be, have you ever been asked for your autograph? No, but funnily enough... I have. <laughs> and I'm not talking about what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, do you that was your parole officer. No, no, no. <laughs> no, when I was about your age, actually, when I, was, when I used to play trumpet in Northampton County Youth Orchestra, somebody from the junior orchestra came up to me after a concert and asked for my autograph, and I thought they were taking the piss. Oh, right. But they kept persisting, even though I'd told them to fuck off, they kept persisting. And Oh, I guess, um, I mean, <laughs> I might not know how famous they are in like the sort of music world, because I'm, uh, like, people, like, um, the conductor of AYO last year, apparently they did some work in St. Petersburg, so they might be quite big. I don't actually know. Well, that's it. I mean, you guys, I mean, you must be fairly famous in the Disney podcasting world. Notorious. <laughs> Rather than, I don't think of myself as famous. I think Nick will slip into and call listeners fans. Yeah. I I don't call them fans. I call them listeners. But it's right. really different worlds, isn't it? I mean, like The Limit, my, the wedding band that I'm in, they're, they're well-known across the whole of Northeast Scotland, yeah, but I, only in the wedding industry. I, Other I people mean, have never heard of us locally. Uh, I've had teachers that have been to your gigs, I think, and uh, when I've mentioned to various taxi drivers I've had, because uh, I, I, when I was going to school, I got a taxi largely because of my issues with autism, with crowds on a bus. But it, it seemed like an extra stress that I didn't need, so... Uh, let me get a taxi, and I've talked to them about like what you've done. Said that you're in the limit, and a fair amount of them have said, "Oh yeah, I know that band. They were at such and such thing." Well, I mean, I guess is... taxi drivers get around the place a bit. No, but the, the, like I live in West Derby in Liverpool. There's famous people in West Derby in Liverpool. Mm. Not famous people, but local famous people people who you see on a daily basis and let on to the same fellow who walks his dog is that a famous person well there is probably a fair amount of people that i've like interacted with musically that or like various teachers that have some sort of fame in that particular niche but beyond that most people wouldn't have heard of them i like i i enjoy um being known by a few people, like having a reputation, and I don't mean the kind of reputation I had before I moved up to Scotland, 
okay. <laughs> from down south. Um, but I'm. But when you're talking about actual fame in terms of being known, maybe globally or at least throughout the whole country by people that you wouldn't have. The pressures that come along with that. I mean, I was thinking earlier on about people like. Um, it was a guy that used to sing with Nirvana, Kurt Cobain and um, Michael Hutchins and no end of people, actually, that have been in similar... Uh, even even the ones that have maybe not necessarily committed suicide like, like, like they did, but people like Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, um, obviously John Lennon, that wasn't anything self-induced. But that whole... I mean, like, there's a lot of self-medication goes on, and that was mentioned by Elvira in her past... Um, really need a piss. You can you can do your second. Uh, you can talk shit about me now. What did he say? Uh, he was going on about washing hair. Washing hair. Yeah. I haven't got any anymore. Loads. <laughs> yeah, self medicating. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but that is like, can you imagine? putting your rubbish in the bin and then people are going through your rubbish mm-hmm. and now especially in this climate people then sell your rubbish on ebay you know what it's, i mean it's a different it's a different lifestyle isn't it i mean presumably if you're if you're well adjusted to that lifestyle you would have security protocols in place you know your rubbish wouldn't be accessible to the public um look, i mean look at john lennon you'd right? have to be essentially in a self-induced prison wouldn't you He's the most famous murder on that poll that I sent over before. I was going to ask about that, yeah. Now, he's walking around New York in the late 70s um, into 1980. No security, no nothing. Yeah. I've I've been to the Dakota building. It's right on Central Park. He, he just, he was in, for the first time in his life, basically incognito, um, people would let, see him, let on to him, but because it's New York and everyone's famous, no one gave a shit. Yeah, you know, Paul McCartney did the same thing when he broke up for the Beatles. Him and Linda went and lived in New York for a little bit. They had a farmhouse in Scotland as well, but mm. they went and lived in New York and just bought clothes in charity shops and grew a beard, and nobody knew who they were. Just walking around, totally oblivious. Yeah, but he was John Lennon was gunned down. Now. That level of fame now, he would have an entourage, like an Elvis entourage. Elvis Presley didn't go walking around the streets. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson had to to shut supermarket, you know, shut a a shopping mall so he could go shopping. Mm. If he wanted to go to Walt Disney World, he had to rent it out for the day. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, I like... um... One of the things that Elvira was saying is it's it's good it's good to have a, a a mask if you like a second persona where you can't be recognised as yourself you know when you're out I'm just starting up the second camera we're probably going to have any about half an hour left but uh. okay I came to this subject with two main ideas and I haven't actually mentioned them yet go. Uh, so have you have either of you heard of parasocial relationships? You didn't tell your autograph story about me. Oh, uh, one of my friends joked. I I think joked. I don't know. They're kind of weird. Um, about seeing the orbiter in a car, and 
pondered going up to him asking for his autograph. Why? We have a whole 71 subscribers on YouTube now. Yeah, I I advertised <laughs> slightly in a server and someone responded. I think that might Did be you? them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um anyway, um yeah, have you heard of parasocial relationships? I review. No. Basically, and I think this is more of a advent of social media, although I guess it could kind of happen with celebrities of more traditional media, um, where so a person feels like they personally know someone that like sort of performs in a way like in videos so where a person feels like they're actually friends with this person now that i don't know whether that's the same what popped into my head when you were describing that was do you remember jill dando mm-hmm. was was that not Made a case it. of something similar where but wasn't it a guy that just walked up to her door and knocked on the door or something and yeah but if they never found that murderer no well they did they did do someone for it because he was a I think he had mental issues, but he thought he was... Didn't he get away with it? It wasn't him. I don't know. But, like, there's... I mean, there's I... In, sort of, the modern... Uh, Do you mean when you get of... that feeling where you feel like you know somebody and, like, if you saw them, it's just someone famous, because you know them from the TV or whatever, you yeah, go Yeah, I mean, and, you're and... sort of knowing the character that they put on for, uh, I guess. I mean, I... We put on masks in this sort of thing. Um, I don't. I'm just myself. I'm a dick in real life. Yeah, but the, the, there are certain aspects that yeah, we don't I, put on show. I, I, I'm not myself on these things. I, I no. try to be. And, uh, I've got, I've got very, very dark humor and very inappropriate humor. But like Nick's um, been quite public about being very different, actually, in public. Yeah, oh, I Nick, Nick is a very um, anxious person. And when we had our meet-up at Universal last year and he walked in and seen there was 20 people there, shit his pants. Mm. For me, I'd had half a pint of vodka before I walked in. <laughs> that was the only way I could do it. Uh, I mean, there is a good video. Uh, I won't play it now because uh, it's long. Uh, from that philosophy tube guy that I often mention uh, on this concept, uh, talking about sort of the different sort of interactions with fans that he's had that kind of get a bit creepy. Mm. Uh, Sometimes it can be like people sharing way like overly personal details about themselves and trying to get his advice on what they're going through even though he doesn't know them and has, you know, that's a big responsibility to live up to where a lot of people sort of see you as their personal guide well, or something. If you watch the, um, the imagine film uh, about John, John Lennon, it's a documentary and it's, um, it's, it's a story of the rise of the Beatles, but it's also a time and a place. It, it, it's made after his murder, I think, because the murder's in it, basically. But uh, 
in the, I think around 1970, 71, 72, he's living in a big mansion. I think it's called Titsison House or something. I can't remember. But basically, this homeless person is sleeping in the grounds of his house. His, his big estate, he's sleeping in the grounds. And somebody catches him and brings him over to, to the house. And he thinks he knows John Lennon because of the songs, because of the lyrics, because of the words. And he's like quoting lyrics at him. And John Lennon is like, they're just, they're just words, man. You know, I might be singing about Yoko, that I love her. I might yeah. be singing that, that I'm taking a shit. Well, it's, I think just... a lot of songwriters get that where you, lyrics are intentionally somewhat vague so that they can appeal to a lot of people and mean something different to different people. So a lot of but, people can feel like it's a personal message definitely then, intended for them, even though thousands, if not millions of other people feel the same way. And that, But that's what happens with Mark Chapman, John Lennon's murderer. Right. He, he was reading um, or read uh, The Catcher in the Rye, is it? And there was all the... He linked, he thought he knew John Lennon, he thought he knew who this person was, and he was using the things in the book. And he had some sort of schizophrenia or whatever going on. And the voices in the head were saying, go and kill John Lennon. Because he, he felt cheated, because John Lennon had sold out. You know, George Harrison, another Beatle. Do you, do you remember the, the Millennium? George, George Addison's in bed and uh, another mentally ill person breaks into his house, into his mansion and um, basically ends up having a fight with George Addison. I mean, like, I mean, you know, you can imagine that if you get a certain level of fame, you're going to need to increase security, but it must be like living in prison at yeah. times. However, however luxurious your, your property is where you live, if you've got to, if you've got to put up fences and barbed wire and locked gates and doors and I think sort and of have security there, it's it is the it's much locked in as sort of stalker thing, but that's much easier to do online. And oh, if you're an online persona, like I mean, in some ways, it's kind of it is a protection from that outside world where all these maniacs are at large. But I mean, there and there is most that. of them are in politics. But it's like, you know, if you if you have to isolate yourself from that for your own safety, like Michael Jackson did most of his life, your your version of reality is not going to be it's not going to be anything like yeah. normal. You do get that sort of thing where, um, I mean, it it it'll be different for different kinds of celebrity, but like the sort of traditional celebrity is usually quite rich. And so it's quite easy to go. Well, well, you kind of have everything. You can pay to just have security. You say there. you say that, but I, I I know a lot about Queen and their early days, and I know I know. Well, like, yeah. When they there you know, are exceptions. They got as far as Bohemian Rhapsody. They'd had they'd had Killer Queen. You know, they'd had three hit albums, and they were getting paid fifty quid a week by their by their management company. It wasn't until they got signed by AMI that they got bought out of that contract. But you and they wrote find they that wrote today. they wrote that song Night at the Opera. But you you probably you, you find people getting exploited now. Well yeah, definitely. Elvis was exploited. Mm. Elvis was basically bankrupt when he died. 
Michael Jackson just... was basically bankrupt when he died. You can't. You do get like. You can't fathom. You do like, get you? like the sort of. But it's like that sort of fake best life. It's not version. so much. It's not so much about how much money they've got, like in the bank, as how much they're worth. Because I, I you know, it's, for instance, I've heard it said that if Coca Cola lost all of their assets and all of their buildings and production and everything, lost everything that they had, they would be able to raise the capital to to relaunch their entire global outfit again, just because of the, yeah, the basically fame of their name, the image of Santa Claus, yeah. to what it is today. But but the fame of that name yeah. is enough to to raise the the capital to 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 launch them again globally. So so really, what is what is wealth in in this world? Is it about money or is it about? Well, I guess it's sort of social capital. Yeah, and uh, in some ways, that does take like being able to influence people, like having an audience. Uh, but in some ways, you can literally buy social capital so, by so, like so right this is blowing my mind so how the fuck do you fit that into how do, i mean we think in terms of the economy of the world and capitalism being so evil and all this lot when you think there's so many businesses around the world that are multi-million dollar businesses but actually they run at a loss because they're always living on their future capital if you like they're getting investment that's the thing capital. with netflix apparently how they you, always lose I'm money finished yet. I'm finished but yet. like up. the investors are keeping <laughs> it going Right, how do you fit that idea of social capitalism into the difference between socialism and capitalism? Well, it's more that you get more social power by having capital, and money is a form of capital. Yeah, but social capital's not money. It's it's the ability to raise money using your social status. No, you would exchange your money for social capital like by buying Nice cars, buying advertising, giving to charity, even. Don't that's, you find that's that a way of annoying? boosting your social capital Don't by you going? Find it fucking annoying that, like, there's so many people. That's what Saudi, the, the state of Saudi Arabia, are doing. Yeah, they're washing their um, their image and their perception by buying Manchester City and. Well, yeah. And if they could dismember as many journalists as they want, fund See, if you, if the worst humanitarian crisis in recent history. But as long as they've got a good image, as long as the aesthetics there, but don't, don't no you think one that's gives a shit. Fucking ridiculous! That if you're famous, you can you can basically be given uh, like a quarter of a million pound sports car to drive around by the company that made it because you're good publicity for them. You've got the money to buy it, but they will give it to you because it it's good marketing. Yeah, I mean that's the point. This sort of aesthetic of wealth in itself gives you some social capital. You're seen as prestigious. So, do you think that mean? Do, do you think that is essentially what fame is? Social capital. Yeah, in a way. So that gives you an immense amount of responsibility if you're famous. Then really, you have a, a lot on your shoulders that you, yeah, it's down to you to to influence. I mean, but at the same time, like you're privileged in a way, but also held responsible, and that's you should be held accountable because of that. But a lot of people aren't. Would you change places with the Queen? No, no, I don't want to be a lizard. <laughs> So no, I don't actually believe I don't, that, I don't by want, the way. I just find it funny. I don't want a pensioner's vagina. 
I click my fingers, right? <laughs> there are websites where you can pay for that. What? And pensioner's vagina. Um, <laughs> click my fingers, and tomorrow you are the monarch. Obviously oh. not the queen, but the monarch. You are the king Actually, of England. That, that's an interesting thing. If you had the but, choice of clicking your fingers and becoming any famous person, who would it be? It would. Uh, it'd be a. T- it'd be a beetle, or Bill Shankly. Would it? Uh, it uh, all right. Presuming it's got to be somebody who's alive, then. Okay. Yeah. Well, see that that's a weird thing because I would. I would click <laughs> on fingers and you're dead. I, I, this is a weird one because you would pick elements of their life. I would. Th- I would immediately think I would love to have experienced what Freddie Mercury experienced when he was on stage. Yeah, but, you but wouldn't I wouldn't want have wanted ex- the rest of no. What went along with that? Well, not all of it, but yeah. But then, would you be transferring your consciousness into his life? So, would you know that doing what he was doing was, you know, not wise, shall we say? Yeah, but then I wouldn't Un- be him. I wouldn't put on the same performance. It took him to do that. Unprotected sex. You know what? Could, couldn't he have just put a Johnny? I on? would. Wouldn't he have demonically possess Boris Johnson and Is make it- him a good person? Is that how we got AIDS? Unprotected sex, or was it needles? Was Freddie Mercury? I, I don't think he was ever into drugs. Uh, really, it seems more likely unprotected sex. I mean, uh, so I we, mean, this is worth considering. Uh, I mean, a lot of people pass that off as, "Oh, it was a lifestyle choice." Yeah, but, they gave it to themselves, but like, yeah, but back, the government talk- knew about this shit, and they just ignored. You're them. talking late seventies, early eighties. It wasn't at that time. It wasn't. AIDS wasn't really a thing. It wasn't, no, at least, not widely it wasn't known. Even the gay community, not no, not until, not until sort of early eighties. It didn't really. Yeah, but it didn't like, didn't. That's when a thing. the death toll started. Really. Yeah, mm. yeah, but how quickly did the death toll start with coronavirus? You know, that's a virus as well. Mm. It's it's. <laughs> In the late seventies, it was when they were at their height touring. But it was particularly, I think, because it like ripped through communities. Mm. Like almost every gay person you'd speak to in the eighties knew someone that had died of AIDS. Yeah. So you was... go with Freddie Mercury. Well, no, no, no. That's the thing. I, as I say, I would cherry pick. It would if you're talking about who would. I'd, I wouldn't, d- d- even though I get fucking down, I've been up and down like a fucking yo-yo the last few days, mentally, I don't, I, d- I wouldn't choose to s- to s- swap places with anyone, I don't think. I wouldn't know where to fucking start. You kind of base everything that you know on what you've experienced. How do you start again in somebody else's life? Yeah, but this is a weird time to be famous because you can't be famous, can you? You can't be touring. If you are on the telly, you're in your own house on a fucking Zoom call. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How can you be famous now? Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I mean, I've, the biggest change I've seen is I've stopped doing wedding performances and swapped it for delivering pizzas. I've not been outside <laughs> other than a brief, I mean, I, I yeah, I've, I've not really like walked outside properly for months. Do you know what I think I've noticed is the biggest change is that the, it's the little things like a trip to the cinema once a month or a meal out once a month 
that just mm. reboots you. I mean, we were sort of struggling with that because, like, financially, we weren't in the best position. No, but you know that if you've got and things like just going on a even a cheap holiday once a year or something, it's just that reboot that you you're not getting at yeah. the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to be getting out of the house. See, the sort of time. How time seems stop- to shift in quarantine seems to be very different. What's what's stopping you stop getting out of the house? I mean, well, I, I am, but for the, you, there's just no real reason to go out the house. Part of it's sort of I don't really want to uh, like uh, go into the shops or something. Um, Let's face it, though, you look at your average. I would find holidays, that stressful. You look at your average school holidays and. You generally wouldn't have actually gone out of the house, other, to, like, other than to go to the yeah things. to go to the cinema or go out for a meal with. What else with do family. I have to do? Exactly, that's what I mean. That that is that is the only things you'd have gone out of the house for. Yeah. So how are you going to get over these this hurdle of going back to normal, or is, is this more your normal than? what you think it is like i, don't know. I mean i'm trying to sort of get my sleep schedule back to something normal i was succeeding for a bit and then well everything's changing for both happen. of us anyway isn't it we're both starting uni in september yeah but like i need to get to a stage where like i could reasonably wake up at 7 a.m and not just be wiped out for the day yeah well you're gonna have to have a few days of pain and yeah that'll sort that out but for you to be starting uni in September, that's going to be a big ask because I can't foresee you going to a physical building anytime soon. The way that and, and if at the moment they're I mean, talking about yeah. a hybrid thing, they're they're going to have some classes. I on think they're going to do and, and lectures digitally, but like stuff like tutorial sessions where they can do that in smaller groups with social distancing. Now, if you're paying for a, a university education, I mean, I, I'm not. You, I don't I think you're okay. And Scotland's free, isn't it? But down well, in England, paid for by the government. You still have to apply for it to be paid for. Yeah, our, our government cares about our education, I bet you see. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the SQA is still shite, but like tuition fees being free is. Good How much is a tuition fee in England? £9,000 a year? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, even if you do pay, it's like two thousand pounds. I think here, that's weird. So, should you be getting a bit of a rebate if you're not getting the full university experience? Well, they say that even if there is distance learning involved, it's still going to be up to the same standard. I mean, can yeah. it be up to the same standard? I suppose that from their point of view, I suppose that the relevant thing is whether or not. Uh, how much work is involved on their side of it? Because I would imagine for the for the lecturers, it's going to be as much work involved in preparing and delivering online learning as it is doing it in person. In fact, probably more. So they're probably still going to have to pay the same salaries out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it, you, you do get a a more you know, a more valuable experience one to one. Just yeah. human interaction yeah. and so you know, being social sociable and making eye contact with somebody and smelling their coffee breath, do you know what I mean? Just them little <laughs> human things. Okay. 
Well, you do, don't you? If yeah, you're having a conversation with, with a human being and they're two feet away from you, if they like black coffee, you'll you'll get a whiff of their coffee breath or a cigarette. Or something. I've had about seven cups of coffee today just to make it through this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm the same with me tea. I've discovered loose leaf tea. Le- tea. It fucking blew me mind. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I haven't had that. I mean, I've tried speciality teas, but I think it's mainly been tea bagged. Okay. Like, mm. um, the other concept that I wanted to bring to this episode about fame was um, this thought experiment where essentially um, when you go to the afterlife, if there is an afterlife, um, you stay in a waiting room but only until um, the last person's forgotten you, essentially. So that's the um, that's the film, the Disney film, isn't it? Um, I mean, there might it, be films based on it, but it's it's a yeah, yeah. experiment. The, me- the Mex- Mexican, um, what's it called? I don't know. Um, oh my oh, god! Coco Loco. No, co- uh, oh, no. Coco. 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 Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that film. Yeah, love that film. Yeah, I've not seen it. Oh, fuck's sake! It's, it's a good film. But it, it it's that principle. I, oh, that, right, I, okay. For me, that that is one of the most underrated. But Disney it, it's animation sort of this films. thing where, I, like, I love that film. you kind of punished for being really famous. Like someone like Napoleon, it's going to be there for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. The pharaohs would have been there thousands of years already. Oh, right. It's not exactly the same concept. Then you're talking about like the waiting room. Before what? Paradise? Uh, before, I guess... Or Oblivion. Whatever fate awaits you. I don't know. The, I think it's the prospect just, with Coco is is that the afterlife is like the paradise, isn't it? And and you, you only stay there until you're forgotten. Yeah, but, and right. it's your family, your family members, basically. Mm-hmm. But celebrities are... Remembered. In the thought well, experiment, I've heard it's sort of treated like purgatory, I guess. Um, well, that's... Right. A, that's it could lost, be oblivion that you're going into. It could be heaven. It could be hell. I don't know what comes after that. Yeah, that's what the TV show Lost was. I like. Um, I mean, it's, that it is annoys a, me. as you say, it is a thought experiment because, and I do understand the logic behind that whole idea of being remembered. Um, like, there's but some that's, people that that's not just... you. That's other people's memories of you. Yeah, would you become like a reflection of what your legacy was, though? That would be interesting. A reflection of what your legacy was. Yeah, so like all the really small personal details, maybe the nice bits, maybe the bad bits don't get put onto you. Well, it wouldn't be you for a start, but if if you were if you were the manifestation of other people's memories of you, then you would have their misconceptions imprinted onto you. Yeah, so your your self image basically changes, and that changes you. I, I I don't know. This is sort of me just sort of morphing with a thought experiment. Uh, I'm just aware that we're drawing towards um, nine o'clock, and yeah, I believe- don't worry about. I'm not bothered. No one's messaged me, so I'm sound. So, oh. have you read the book, The Five People You Meet on the Way to Heaven? No, no. 
fantastic book and it's basically what you're talking about there it's it's a it's a little old man and he he dies and oh, i'm not doing it justice i can't let's let's see if we can get it up uh, that's what she said <sighs> that's what she said Is yeah. it cold? Uh, the five people you meet on the way to heaven it's chip no it's mitch mitch alban i think you meet in five, heaven. Five people you meet in heaven. No, is it meet in heaven? Mitch Olborn, yeah. Yes. One of the greatest books I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, might have a blurb on here. And he's done another book, um, Tuesdays with Morrie. And that's his professor who had a debilitate I don't want to do it a disservice, but he had some sort of debilitating disease. He lost, mm. and I used to go round and see him every Tuesday. You did. Okay, no. it says oh. here in the description on Amazon, uh, the novel's protagonist is an elderly amusement park maintenance worker named Eddie, who, while operating a ride called The Freefall, dies while trying to save a young girl who gets in the way of a falling cart that hurtles to Earth. Eddie goes to heaven, where he meets five people who are unexpectedly instrumental in some way in his life. While each guide takes him through heaven, uh, Eddie learns a little bit more about what his time on Earth meant, what he was supposed to have learned, and what his true purpose on Earth was. Throughout, there are dramatic flashbacks where we see scenes from his troubled childhood, his years in the army in the Philippines jungle... And with his first and only love, his wife, Marguerite. Five People You Meet in Heaven is the perfect book to follow Tuesdays with Mari, the, the other stuff. Both of them books will make you think about life in general. Both mm. of them. See, um, you're Catholic, aren't you? I certainly am. Mm. How, how does that affect how you sort of think of that sort of legacy idea I try um, I just try to be the best person that I can be I try to I try to help people yeah um, when I can uh, I'm I'm lucky that I'm in a well paid job um, there's a traditional image of um Catholicism, or, or at least being a Catholic, as, as having a lot of guilt involved. But I don't see you as kind of being the kind of person that would suffer from that sort of thing. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I, I I do go to church, but I use that time for reflection and to think about things and basically because this life is a million miles an hour mm. and Sometimes you just need an hour to just just unplug. Yeah. No mobile phone. You know, you're always two inches away from a screen now. You're always looking at something. You're always reading something. See, always- that is something I particularly miss about... Uh, well, I get it a lot from sort of doing musical stuff now, but I, I used to be religious, and I do... I do definitely miss that part of it, that kind of slowing down. And and recently I've started doing just 10 minutes a day of meditating just, yeah. just to get some 
switch off time and it's really difficult you know when you look at what's going on in your own mind with everything that you deal with from day to day it's just chaos inside my head a lot of the time and you just, I just mean, need to unplug it's it's a it's a strange i'll never try and i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and start trying to convert you to be catholics i couldn't give a shit if you're a catholic or not and but in the same respect um, I respect um, your stance on things because obviously dinosaurs exist. Obviously, Adam and Eve is just a fucking a story. You know, all the the whole Bible has been rewritten so many times. Yeah, I mean, Ed- there's a lot of retranslations. Um, exactly. One, one all- that I found quite interesting that I learned about recently. Um, there's a particular passage. I think it's in Leviticus. I'm not entirely sure. In the Old Testament. Yes, we know. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. How Third book, is it? This. I don't read the Bible. <laughs> I haven't read the Bible since I was 10. I'm sure it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. No idea. Um, it, it's um, one of I did learn them it, in it, order once. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> one of those tips. Um <laughs> Uh, One of those what? It says about, it's basically the passage that's usually used to condemn homosexuality. Yeah, but it's Old Testament. Well, see, this is what there, I is, there is that factor within the theology of it in general. Like, it's meant I don't to be, actually I think, think the Old Testament should, should be a part of the Bible because it's... It's the Old Testament. The yeah. New Testament was I mean, kind of... There is that. But also, apparently in the original Hebrew and Greek translations... Uh, it basically says that a man shouldn't lie with a younger man, essentially alluding to paedophilia rather than homosexuality. That sounds like a modern interpretation, though. Um, well, it, cons- it, considering it, that there are civilizations, the original words used were "man" and "young man" lying with a young man. Right. Yeah, it is difficult when you're translating. Because you do, there but there are certain things you can't. In the 1940s, an American conservative group made the German translation into homosexual, essentially. Right. A, a man lying go. with a man. And, and every being king of England rewrote the Bible to suit his needs, yeah. mm. basically. But then the winners always write history. It was, well, yeah. But I mean, it was originally in Hebrew, wasn't it? And. Well, a lot of it. There um, are some, and I know there's no translation for the word shalom. Like um, that can be proven. There are some historical events around the Bible, but most of the stories in the Bible were written like uh, by word of mouth afterwards. Yeah, so exactly. it, it, it's not a necessarily accurate account, even if those things did happen. Could, could they make a new Bible now with modern celebrity? Because, I mean, mm. the, the stories of the Bible are basically people doing good and turning people away from being bad. In the New Testament, at least, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Old Testament there's is the, a bit... There's, a, mm, there's some interesting stuff yeah. in the Old Testament. And that's the bits of religion that I 
choose to go forward with right to try and be a better person to try and i mean my family will all tell me i'm a miserable bastard you know and i'm an argumentative bastard but when i'm walking into a shop and there's a man sitting on the floor outside i'll buy him something yeah i mean that's that's being a good samaritan yeah i I can appreciate some of the philosophy in there with the morals but without the necessity for assigning it a god necessarily yeah exactly who knows we might be living in a marble yeah i mean if it's possible to simulate consciousness there's a pretty good chance we are living in a simulation Exactly. We've kind of shifted off the fame. Well, I'm gonna what's... live forever. I started talking about sort of um, legacy and purgatory and the afterlife. Have you ever seen that film, The Legacy? We shifted onto religion like we always do. I don't know if it's late seventies, early eighties. It had Roger Daltrey from The Who. It was a horror film. I don't know. Boston might know it, but it's basically it's it's it was the first kind of horror creepy thriller film that I saw um, when I was a teenager and it's basically set in this old mansion and these people basically are trying to leave and every they're trying to drive away from the place and it's all misty obviously and no matter which way they drive they always end up back at the mansion and they can't escape from it and it's like this possessed kind of house and everybody keeps dying off one by one one person oh, right. chokes on a chicken bone and and Another person gets drowns in the swimming pool, and are you familiar? I know you are, uh, but random. Craig, are you familiar with the musical Hamilton? I certainly am. Have you like listened to the lyrics? Oh, so basically, um, Kevin Smith on his podcast talked about Hamilton. Basically, when it was when it came out, so I don't know how old it is. Maybe four years. Yeah, exactly. It came out in twenty sixteen. Oh, there you go. So, and I dismissed it because, you know, whatever. I do like a little bit of rap music, but I'm a typical white person, basically. You know, a bit of Eminem, a bit of Dr. Dre, the odd little bit of Snoop Dogg. Uh, I had the Vanilla Ice album back in the day. I'll put my hand up there, I'm apologising. <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't be arsed listening to it. But then, our Eve was listening to Hamilton religiously. Bang, bang, bang. Listen to this, Daddy. Listen to this, Daddy. Listen to this, Daddy. No, it's shit. No, it's <laughs> shit. No, it's shit. And when I listened to it for the first time, properly, was in February, when we were in New York this year. All right, mm. okay. And basically, the musical Hamilton takes place everywhere where you're walking in mm. New York. Mm. So there was this one day we actually are outside the church where his grave is. All right. And, there, and there's Hamilton's grave. Mm. It just fucking blew me mind. Quiet. And you. You're walking around the streets of you know where See, he walked. This is why this is why I I had to take take these guys to see it in New York because that, that I mean if you know I mean, if you know the musical that whole that whole opening section where it's talking it's all singing about the greatest city in the world and like you know the musical makes it quite surreal but I mean 
New York in general as a city, because of all the movies and all the media around it, it's quite. I mean, coming back to fame, it's a. It's like being in a film set, famous. Isn't it? I mean, I guess you could kind of get with that with London, but I've been quite a few times to London before yeah. really engaging with that so much. Uh, but well, like New York, that was very surreal, and like it felt like I was on a film set the yeah, whole time. Yeah. That that's that's exactly what New York was to us. But you know, there's the Ghostbusters building, mm. there's the Friends um, apartment, there's Gossip Girl, there's this, there's that, there's the other. Yeah, and especially and staying when... on fucking Times Square. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and. That's not going to happen again. <laughs> no, we don't have the money. Well, Hamilton was, you know, I just started listening to it because I was there. Yeah. And I can't wait for next month when it comes out on Disney Plus mm. because R. D. Eve should have been going to see Hamilton in London. And again, I I said no. I've seen it um, on London and Broadway. No, I knew you couldn't resist that one. Fuck <sighs> it. Third <laughs> row on Broadway too. It, it, she should have been going this week, I think, to see it. But obviously, it's been cancelled. She finished. She would have finished her GCSEs on Friday last week, mm. and she would have been going to see it this week. She's got it rebooked for February next year. For- yeah, that's interesting because, like in in Scotland, we finish all our exams like before the end of May usually. I mean, there's some special ones that you do like maybe very start of June, but like they're unusual ones. You interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, my, I mean, she's going to go next February to see it uh, now, February half term next year, if she's allowed because of the way the world is. Um, and my dream is to do what you did, is to go and see it in New York. You, you've got to book a year out, <laughs> at least. Um, it, yeah. I, I mean, it depends what your situation is with stuff like that, but. I don't know. We don't know where we're going to be, do we? I don't. We don't know anything anymore. Who is the new famous? They're all doctors now because they're all saving our lives. They're all NHS nurses because they're all saving our lives. They're the know. new famous I mean, people. Nobody's nobody's able to sort of, of idolise them, break. but like, no. Uh, a few years ago, whenever they were on strike, the press would demonise them. That's what sort of strikes you. Sort of fame's very I'm fickle. I'm waiting at the moment to get my eyes seen. To I'm going blind slowly. You know, I had the lens replacement surgery about eighteen months ago. Well, over the last few months, my my right eye, sp- particularly, but both eyes have started getting quite cloudy, and I've started getting loads of floaters in my right eye now, and I can't drive at night anymore. Um, but obviously nothing's been You should stop putting your head open. in the toilet. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Um, so I'm, I'm on the list for a callback, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a... I mean, obviously that, obviously it's something to worry about if your eyesight could be at risk, but I'm pretty sure it's not permanently at risk. But there's going to be a lot of people at the moment who not just aspects of their health are at risk, but their lives are at risk. You know, people, you could always try to Dundee to test deaths. your eyesight. <laughs> Barnard Castle. Oh, one of the the lads in work, his sister in law, had back pain just before coronavirus, 
and didn't do anything about it because she didn't want to go to a hospital. Yeah. And now she's dead. I have seen oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It was um, she was riddled with cancer. Yeah. And by Sorry. the time she went, about five weeks in, it was it spread and it was everywhere, and it was too late. I have seen. Um, There's going to be loads of cases like that. Ads from the Scottish government saying about uh, basically they don't want you to avoid going to the doctors for anything because of coronavirus it's a bit different for us though i mean i i can kind of get that mentality to a certain extent but there's not a huge amount of risk up here because while there has been there have been some cases it's not been like it was in london or even liverpool no i mean particularly like up in our area it's really what's what's your r rate like at the moment it's um if you if you listen to the government it's below one but it's a round one. Yeah. Put it this way, year six isn't going back. Um, See, the thing until... is, if, if it's a round one, you don't want to be opening up. Yeah, but we go back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. What's the percentage of people who have died on the planet? Yeah, but, but that's this, the point this is where they though. It's like, the, okay, people are thinking in terms Dehumanised of... to a point statistic. Mm. Yeah, but we've all the deaths in coronavirus have been dehumanised because well, yeah. every we should have every single day when they've announced them people who have died, them humans, them mums, dads, brothers, sisters, yeah. uncles, every one of them should have had their name, a role of honour. Well, you actually, know, um, be- the New York Times, I think, published a list of, uh, I think it was 1% of the people that died from coronavirus in the US, 1%. And someone basically copy and pasted the article to sort of show the scale of how much had died. I think it's about up to 100,000 now in the US. Well, it's it's about 140,000 now. Oh, right, okay. What they did, it was um, 100,000. When it went through 100,000 deaths... The, you need to subscribe to the daily because that's the New York Times. For that episode of the podcast, they basically read out the names of a hundred people. So, like you say, one percent, and it was horrific. It was heartbreaking. It was our. I didn't want to go to Ground Zero because you can't visualize that many names. Yeah, I I, I would have liked to have got there. I, I want to go back to New York and spend at least a week there. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we had it'll two have nights to be after were... this. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but, but I mean, it would probably be after this before we even able to afford something like that. But so the daily, obviously, it's a daily podcast. Is it? How long does it normally last? Um, about twenty minutes, half an hour. Oh, right, mm. Okay. So with the New York Times, and I get this with a lot of um, newspaper publications where they'll sort of be uh, critical of the system, yet they're very implicitly part of the system and benefit from it. Well, I mean, at the moment, um, their reporters are getting vilified by this administration. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, And that's a form of manipulation. If you're... If you've got to tone down your reporting to get a seat 
at the table to be at the press conferences, then you're not reporting the truth, are you? You're reporting Trump's or his administration's version of the truth. Yeah. And that's not what journalism's supposed to be. But then whenever they try and actually ask... I mean, even, like, mildly... Um, sorry, I just knocked my mic. Uh, mildly, so did I? Um, <laughs> sorry. Critical question. Like, some sort of question... Basically, just to try and get some information. E- even if it's not, like, in a nasty way, trying to say, oh, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about it? Like, just trying to actually get information for their listeners or readers or whatever. Or watchers, viewers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have got more. What you might have got more sense out of Trump if it wasn't an election year, but he is so crazy. Oh, power. Sorry, he he He's... wants to look before coronavirus, right? No matter what you say about Trump, whether he's a fascist, whether he's anti-gay, whether he's racist, whatever, right? The American um, economy was doing okay. The American American economy. It was in a recession. Bro- uh, they weren't. They'd had a record number of um, monthly growth numbers or whatever you call it. Okay, but if the you na- cherry-pick certain statistics, you're going to get certain results that you want. However, I, globally, we're in a recession. I was I was under the impression that that the economy in America was doing better under Trump than it had been, but I was also well aware that it was at the expense of... Um, basic human decency <laughs> you know? yeah yeah which I is mean, basically capitalism in in operation you know yeah, but no. now he you know he's got no um no growth you know it's fell off the stock markets have basically crashed although they do rally and he'll tell you that they're rallying Ooh. but they crash again he's in the toilet now trump is in the toilet he's a lack yeah. of stock but like I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in November. Even though. before um even before coronavirus, like at the very early stages of the sort of lockdown economic scare sort of thing, the biggest uh Dow drops were the ten biggest Dow drops, most of them were under the Trump administration. And that's like the US stock market. It's like our version of it's like their version of the FTSE 100, kind of. I'm going to try and steer it back to the subject because I was just having a look at how famous we are. Oh, and because I don't really, I don't mess about with podcast statistics. I, I see other people talking about theirs, but apparently our estimated audience size is 15 now. Oh, so that that generally means that you got. On average, fifteen people that listen every week, really, isn't it? Because you'll have some episodes. You'll I mean, have that's through Anchor. Have a lot less. Oh, we do get. Yeah, but Anchor counts them up from all the different sources. That... Does that count it from YouTube though? Oh no, it doesn't count YouTube views. But, but we've got two thousand two hundred and fifty plays total. Yeah. The, my that's bench right. gets that. My bench is like fifteen. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like what shit people are listening to. I mean, no offense to you if you're listening, but but I find this interesting. I think seventy six percent put out thought provoking discussion, and you seventy seventy six percent of our listeners are in the United States. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't expect it to be that heavily weighted towards the US. I thought it would be mainly British and just a couple of I people mean, from 
Yeah, Britain, we've got 21%. Everywhere else we've got mentioned is less than 1%, but we have a list. We have listeners in New Zealand, Ireland, Brazil, Germany, Netherlands, Canada, Indonesia, India, Spain, Belgium, Switzerland, Republic of Lithuania, Croatia, Chile, Sweden, and Australia. Less than 1% in Australia. Fuck's sake, Kat and Lewis, get on it. <laughs> you might have an airline pilot just listening to you, just one person. <laughs> yeah. Just fly it, just flying everywhere, listening to you. Depends. Well, There's someone with a VPN fucking about with us. <laughs> I could, I look, could look into their history though, because if it's an airline pilot, they won't have listened for the last six months, Maybe three months. <laughs> the thing oh. is, if you go and look at the, read some articles about podcast figures, right, and if. If you get over a thousand downloads, you're in something I can't remember, but it's between the top five percent of podcasts. There's Are you talking mil- in total? Yeah, yeah. Total listens per, of all your episodes, or no, no, per, per, episode. per episode, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So obviously, you'll get some podcasts up there that get millions. Mm. But they're in the top 0.0001 percent of podcasts. There's millions of podcasts out there, mm. and pe- people forget that. So, I mean, the biggest one on the network is probably going to be what Dis- uh, Disney Parks and Beyond, is it? Yeah, I'd what, say so. What's their estimated average? <sighs> um, a, a typical episode will be fifteen hundred. You right. get the right, you get the right guest on. It goes yeah. up to six thousand. Right. Yeah. See, that's yeah. interesting because I think um, still, even though I think the ad call was put out ages ago, um, we're the only people that have actually recorded an ad. Yeah, you put an yeah, ad put network. Out, <laughs> yeah, and um, that's that's because um, people are lazy, basically. Yeah, and you've got a weird mix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on it, this network. Um, no offense oh. to like anyone on the network, but I think generally we do like higher quality audio stuff. Like we have proper mics. A fair amount of the people on the network just record on their phone. Oh yeah, I, I I'm a, a big advocate for just recording a podcast where when but you're I, taking a shit. I find <laughs> beyond a certain point, um, the quality is like it's a, a Lord diminishing returns. Is that as long as you're up to a certain yeah. Audio quality, it's the content that matters. As long as it's listenable. That's the secret for podcast growth, right, is content and then regular. So if you say you're going to – this is something that us as individuals um, who do um, the Disney one and the Universal one, we say we're going to do a weekly podcast or a fortnightly podcast – but life gets in the way, and ultimately, they're just podcasts. By the mm. way, it is now a slight bit over when you were supposed to be starting that other podcast. Are you absolutely happy to continue with this one? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I've had asked. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It, as long as you know, people will get in touch and say, "Oh, I can't record tonight because something's happening." You know, it's a podcast. That's all I ever say to people. Yeah. And the mantra of the After Dark Podcast Network is: we haven't got a website. We could have one. Yeah. But but who's going to do it? I mean, who's going to update it? 
See, I've well, got, that's the thing. It, it, it's sort of fame. I'm not here to get famous. I'm just here to have a chat. And if people yeah. want to listen, that's great. It, it's exactly. more of a <laughs> scheduled, recorded conversation. It's a community. That is the, the the whole mantra of the After Dark Podcast Network is we are a collection of people and we all have different opinions. We all have different views. But ultimately, we all get along, See and we've all got yeah. each other's back. And that's you know, look a, what you, look what you did for us, Paul. For, out of, just totally <laughs> out the blue. Totally I, I couldn't resist blue. that. I was that was just waiting for. As soon as I was listening to that episode, I just thought, oh, I've got to f- put a beat on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you've, you've blown Colin's mind. Do you know what I mean? You didn't have to do that. You know, but you have. It's fucking uh, no, unbelievable. It's brilliant. I, I had an hour spare and I thought, oh, fuck it. I can't resist this. I've got to do that. But that's because that's partly because I knew it would put a nerd. smile on your face. And, and you know, it's just mates and it, just kind of. And it did. Exactly. And that's that's what the network's about. Mm. You know, I have a lot of downtime in work. So I'll sit there. And when a new episode comes out, I'll share that the new episode's out. I listen to every single podcast that everybody puts out on the network, even Phil's podcasts, and they're, gen- <laughs> they're generally shite. <laughs> Andy, Phil, <laughs> we should get we Phil should. on. You, you don't. Do you know Phil? Uh, we should have got. We should have got him um, on. He might have been on that big call we did. I feel like I victimised um, him a little bit on Captain Marvel and sexism. <laughs> yeah, he's a sexist cock, and he, he used to be baldy, but now he's got an afro. But I want to meet all these people. So I guess do not represent our own. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of you saying that you had to have half a bottle of vodka, and Nick gets really nervous at these meetups and stuff, is that when meeting general public, i.e., listeners? Because I felt a lot less nervous about meeting Simon because oh, Simon's- because we'd had him on. Skype on a on a podcast. I mean, like yeah. for instance, would you and Nick be nervous about meeting us? No, no, because that no. that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you're meeting people that you don't know. I suppose is the. There, there yeah. was one time I got recognised um, by someone that I didn't really know. Um, I, I'd uh, I think the previous year done a public speaking competition. Uh, it, it was. Don't you think you would make a good politician? Yeah. Oh, I would hate it. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, I did the whole public speaking debating thing, but like most of the people that succeed in that are fucking psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, well, that's politics. Well, yeah, but like genuinely, some of the sort of shit that succeeds in that, like, it's the most aggressive shit, and like they're not popular. Like, that's politics. They're vengeful, <laughs> essentially. That's a Disney community. <laughs> well, it, it's like um, the version of that, but like from really privately educated places. So, like, it's hyper aggressive. It's annoying. Are you going for the record, by the way? Well, there You're was going to beat Ben's record here. Th- there was a thing with um, Nigel Farage recently. Ah, oh, fuck Ben. That I think actually Have got you? him pulled from um, LBC. I wouldn't fuck him. Did you see this? Did you see Dad's dick? Was he in his wheelchair? Uh, he could be. Did you see Nigel? Was afterwards, like. Did you see Nigel <laughs> Farage is no longer an LBC? Is that like a LGBT? Why is he? 
No, uh, it's leading British conversation. It's a like radio station. Is it, has he been kicked off? Yeah, he's been kicked off. Uh, I think essentially because a bunch of people that knew him at school said that he was basically a neo-Nazi. How did it take that long? I mean, anyone that's been paying any sort of close attention to anything he's done could sort of gauge like, I've got a problem. You he associates with those kind of people, but so is he really a neo-Nazi or is he just really bad at publicity? I've run out of beer. I'd- Can't avoid Brexit then if he's been proven to be a Nazi. No, I- he's basically been kicked off his main platform because... I'm going to get more beer. I I I'm not entirely sure the specific reason, but like, there was a thing where like his uh, old classmates and teachers said that like he'd been particularly racist towards other classmates. So why is it taking so long to come out? Is it just because now everybody can talk openly about racism? Because of, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of the time to what I I've not finished my last beer. No, that's not for you. That's just for whoever needs it next. Okay. <sighs> That's your piss pot. This is terrible. That's not as brilliant. Um, what were you saying? Nigel Farage being kicked off thing. Nigel Farage being wanked off. No, uh, I mean, I think it was basically um, some. It was an interesting quote. Someone had said, um, uh, "I mean, he's basically a fascist, but there's no reason why he wouldn't make a good prefect." And that's the sort of behaviour that gets ahead in debating. And it's why the sort of faux aesthetic of intellectualism... Don't you think that's... Even though it has nothing to do with actually being factual or intellectual... Don't you think that's so private, private school kind of... I you don't, don't even do you know, know if Nigel in... Farage was that private school sort of Do thing. you have prefects in, in state schools? Um, We did. We did, I think. I think, it, but I think like, you do... They kind of just stayed out of things. See, I went to, I went to, a, they call them public schools here, but private schools if you're American. I did go to one and I got expelled. Yeah, what was that for again? Well, no, it was, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into it, but I didn't fit in. Okay. Let, let's just say I, uh, I didn't fit the aesthetic. Aesthetic. Whatever that is, yeah. The look. Have they started that Universal podcast? Well, uh, let's um, let's have a look, see if anyone's recording a podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey, could we could we gate crash? No, no, let's not do that. No, No. I think we're probably best. No, they're not recording. They're not. No, there's no content. They're they're going to build some content for next week. All right. Okay. I. uh, Well, I'm going to leave it in your hands. Do you want to? Continue the discussion on something. Like I'm that. I'm happy to. Uh, we have beer left. I'm happy to. Uh, depending on what you want to do, you're the guest. You can dictate. I'll. I'll ch- well, I'm going to bed soon because I'm up at okay. four o'clock in the morning. Fucking hell, that's fair. Mm. Got to get people on the them trains. Well, should we? Should we gradually wind down then? Okay. Have we covered yeah. everything? In um, the, I I would I want fame. to I want to look forward I want to have something to look forward to in the distant post coronavirus future when I have money after I've finished at uni and I've and I'm earning oodles of cash as a it, teacher. It is. A, it, I I want to I want to know. Are, are we gonna? Are there gonna be after dark meetups in in the distant future? 
I'd like to think so, yeah. Definitely. We've done them in the past. Mm. Um, I couldn't make that London one. There's only been that London one and the Halloween Horror been, Nights one that since there's I... There's been two, no. two at London. Um, one of them was just um, me, Nick, Paul, and Paul Dolan. And mm. we got very, very drunk. Oh, by the way... I'll be your old enough for that next theme year. Theme tune for Crisp Wars. Your your the song, yeah, with somebody eating a packet of crisps and singing. That's yeah. that sounds like P Dubs. It did sound like him. It wasn't P Dubs. It's just someone unrobbed off the off YouTube. All right, okay. Um, but um, that was the year before, and then two years ago or last year, we had the the second meetup. Where we put the first one was private. We didn't. I don't know if we put it out to the listeners. We recorded the podcast and got very drunk. Um, I seem to remember. So did that not go out on Patreon? I think it went out on Patreon. Only, I'm gonna. Yeah. Have to, is it still there? Because I'm gonna have to have a look back. Because I remember I, th- I was listening at the time to yeah, the to think, the public releases. I think it's still there. Yeah, I'll have to, um, I'll have to go back. It's quite, it was quite funny from what I remember. Um, and then the last year's one was where Luke was there, Ryan was there, uh, and I, I think was that all... Orlando? No, no, that was in London. Oh, sorry, yeah. Lord Luke, not Luke. Yeah, Lord Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not not Skywalker. Um, <laughs> and that was going very well until somebody, and I suspect it was Lord Luke, got us on the gin and tonics. Oh, for- <laughs> That was what had you puking in your bed last week. It was the amount, not the fact that it was gin. I had about eight shots, I think. <laughs> and and I'm a I'm I'm literally lightweight. <laughs> I spent three hundred pound that day on gin and tonic. Oh, yeah, London prices. Yeah, uh, fucking shocking. And then the Orlando meetup was the Orlando meetup. Basically, because there was talk of doing a Liverpool meetup, wasn't there? Yeah, and we were going to do a whole. Um, I was going to make a whole. You were going so to make we a were hole. Going to, we were going to do a, a ghost walk. Um, we were going. They to, do one of those in Aberdeen, actually. Yeah, there's like a tour. To do, we were going to yeah, go and eat. But I imagine like everything in Aberdeen, it's slightly more shite. I don't know, you know, given the choice, I'd rather be in Aberdeen, I'll be honest with you. Okay. As much as I love being Liverpool and I love being a scouser, I would move up to your part of the country tomorrow. Do you know what I noticed when I first moved up here, which um, actually is the charm of the place now, is I found it really quite grey because of the granite everywhere. But actually now I kind of like that. I thought you meant like the sky... I mean, it's middle of June, um, but like round here for the last couple of weeks, it's just been grey skies here. It's been like that here. Yeah, uh, yeah. The UK is just generally shit weather-wise. Let's oh, wind. God. Let's we're wind doing up. classic British person um, small talk. Let's here. wind up because we could end up with one of them Swiss cheese incidents if uh, if we keep. Yeah, and I really need to piss and wrapping up. Uh, I think I need to poo. I think it's on my G spot. 
Oh, oh, oh. Okay, well, let's wrap this up quickly before... Um, let's wrap up a Somebody poo. climaxes in some way. No. <laughs> so how do we finish, she said. Fame. Would you be famous? I want to live forever. Do you want to be famous? No, fuck that shit. I just, I just want to be happy. I feel like... <laughs> I kind of am, but, you know... I don't think it solves anything. Um, I think it could cause more problems. There's, um, if you're not balanced... Some, there's a concept, uh, Frankie Boyle describes it a lot better on his New World Order thing. It's called, um, I think it's the Spectator is Paradox. Is that the kind of tour he did of Scotland? No, it's, it's something good. else. Um, the Spectator Paradox, where basically any... And this applies particularly to famous people... Um, any criticism or uh, observation you make of society at large is in itself part of society and therefore may be contributing to the problem you're complaining about. It's like um, yeah. Kurt Cobain remarked that um, the most watched thing on MTV was a protest against MTV. Sounds kind of right. You, we're very grateful for this beer. It's not going to last the night. Well, it is going to last the night, but it's I just going to last this I've night. Still got a bit of gin left. Oh yeah, but well, I'm not sure I'm going to last that long. Thank well, you. Put my pleasure, absolute pleasure, and I'll do it again. Yeah. And, um, keep adding to the list. Keep it in the show notes. Listeners of this show here right now, all you fifteen it. of you. Yeah. Fucking put your hands Craig, in your pocket. Craig's Buy you. these two bell ends a fucking pint. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say, if you buy us some beer, you can come on the show and you that can. Is, that is genius. That's that's your uh, that's your your buy in. Yeah, I mean, I think we had that as a Patreon goal for a while, but I, no one was using it. So uh, we're not in it for the money. Are we? Nah. Well. Um, you can fuck off for Just a, want a good me chat. And, well, me and uh, well, me and Craig do the. Uh, no, I want to do the. Out- I want to do the outro, and then I'll go for a piss. Right. Okay. Okay. Go on then. Do the uh, outro. Any final thoughts? <laughs> That's what um, she said. <laughs> Awkward. No. no. Get off my bench. Okay. Cue the music. All that malarkey. Yeah. Lick a crisp. I oh, have yeah. one. Yeah. About that one. A cab. A cab. You might not know what that means, but I'm just gonna say it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna be looking that one up. I've been Firebolt. I've been the Orbiter. I've been the Pod Father. <laughs> also known as Craig. Also and known as Paul. This has been Breaking Bollocks episode sixty-one, I believe. Jesus, we're yeah. getting on. We're we're not. We're nearly retiring this podcast now. Another 39 steps, and we'll be centenarians. I'm going for a piss. You you can piss about it. I can look it up, if you like, uh, if he's put it on the calendar. Have you put it on the calendar? Possibly. Uh, I don't know. Craig, speak. Fill the dead air. Whatever the title is, I will pick a guest for you. (laughs) Will you? Um, Out of the network, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah, he needs to be on that. <laughs> I think I've got me uh, me brain sorted out in terms of getting Skype recorded and not having a, f- a fucking. Every time we've had a guest on, I've I've had some kind of brain aneurysm on how to set everything up. Um, where are we? I don't even know. Uh, 
Oh, hang on. Breaking bollocks. This will be the 2nd of July, won't it? The next one. It is globalism. Oh, it's, oh, you need somebody who wants to talk about Scottish independence then. Globalism. That's what you need. I want to listen to you talk about Scottish independence and see if see, you get I, carted off. I thought Paul Dolan was Scottish, but he's been down south for ages, hasn't he? Has he been anglicised? Yeah. He might have been. He's definitely Scottish. Yeah. See, yeah. when I used to live in Northamptonshire in my in my early days, we had a community, a town near us called Corby, which was basically fucking... Scotland had moved down south because they had a steelworks there and they'd basically just shipped a whole shed load of Scots down and built a town out of Scottish people in the middle of Northamptonshire. And then, of course, the steel industry died and everybody got out of work and now it's... I don't know what it is now, but it was a shithole when I was there. I had a friend who bought um, a house in Pitlochery and turned it into a bed Hmm. and breakfast. Pitlochery. Yeah, and it was known as Tummel Lodge. Tummel Lodge because of the River Tummel. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's gone now, I think. He, well, he, he sold it and moved back home. But basically, his neighbours turned on him when Scotland had this the vote for independence. Oh, that's going to happen again. His, Scot- his Scottish neighbours turned on him. He was bringing money into the local community he was helping out with everything that he could. He was one of them, and he turned on them. Uh, I've not had a problem like that since since I've been up here. When I first moved up here, maybe just for a, there was one or two incidents, but when I was taxi driving. But anyway, this is the afterbirth. It's supposed to be funny. Um, <laughs> uh, so soggy biscuit. We're not funny, Gary Baldy. Um, Get your hop. Get your hobnobs out. Where are you driving tomorrow? Down to London? Going down to that London. Okay. Well, I'm delivering pizzas in the evening, so I'll be listening to... I think I'm, I'm actually halfway through our last episode at the moment. Oh, right. Listening to. And then I'm I'm doing... I've just done um, Diz Down Under and Tangent City. I don't know what I'll be moving on to next. But uh, Ryan. I, wonder, I wonder how Ryan's getting on, yeah. Ryan. Oh, I've just finished Mandalorian. Today we oh. watched the last episode. I've watched. I've just finished Clone Wars. Theo hasn't watched I've, it at all, and I've just started on Rebels. And I didn't want to watch them because the fucking kids' cartoons. Yeah, but they're not. I do. People I get want de- to watch them. People get decapitated. People <laughs> die. Yeah. It's fucking real Star Wars. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Clone Wars was amazing. Well, I'm just watching through. Um, I watch an episode of Simpsons every morning with my breakfast on Disney Plus. Um, but we just finished Mandalorian. I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto Clone Wars um, next. I think. Oh, I mean, right. Clone Wars um, ends just as um, Revenge of the Sith ends. So the the two of them entwine. All oh, right. Okay. And it's fucking brilliant. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to piss myself as well. So let's wind this up. Go ahead. I mean, I've already done the outro. How how do you end the outro? Have you done the outro? Yeah. I I guess we just. I guess we just end the call. If I say cue the music, right? You can put one of your songs at the end. A little ditty. I'll tell you what. I've actually, and I'm going to announce this on here. I've actually got two releases out there now. 
Um, which have been on my Better Call Paul podcast um, before. There was The One and Electric Overture. They are released, officially released, um, under the artist name Arda, A-R-D-A. Um, they are available to purchase on iTunes and stream on Spotify and God knows what else. Um, so, yeah, just, I'm just trying to get shit done. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently the, the book of a yeah. similar name, ADA, pronounced Arda, that's um, about uh, incest. Vladimir Nabokov. And on that note, we will see Cue you the music. next time. Suck me balls. might still be up the video so I'm not going to say anything uh, I, I've been beginning to talk to myself there but no I, mean, I, I don't know why I'm talking into my microphone this probably isn't going to be anywhere because the mic, the sound quality is going to be shit but I guess if I say anything mildly funny it might go in but that's pretty unlikely to happen oh uh, um, you can never have enough good sausageness or something along those lines. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.